Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Big Sills! National Football Show on a day where the nation saw the national football top prospects that were in the college ranks go into the National Football League last night. And I'll say this to you. It was one of the more compelling drafts I've seen in a long time. A lot of teams went against conventional wisdom. Some teams did well. Some teams, at the end of the day, did not. But I first want to start it off by giving Howie Roseman a lot of kudos for what he accomplished last night by getting Jalen Carter. And, you know, I know, and I was listening to a little bit of the previous show, and I know they got a head of security, and his name is Dom, had a lot to do with the interviewing of the player. Don't kid yourself. The guy who probably made this happen is the greatest agent salesman in the history of agents, and that is Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus sells his players like no one else. And by the way, he'll lead you to water. Remember what happened with the Darius Slay stuff? What happened? Well, he had a come-to-Jesus conversation with Darius Slay. You're not going to get that money that the Eagles have on the table in the open market. You are not at 32. They went back, had a great conversation, and the Eagles loved the conversation, and the Eagles liked the negotiations, and the Eagles loved the way Drew Rosenhaus handles his clients. He had to sell Jalen Carter. And I'm going to say something to you here. I just got off the phone with Trey Scott, who's been the D-line coach at Georgia, and I know very well. He's been there since 2017. And I asked him, hey, is he a problem? He's like, no, he's no problem. Is he loud at times? Yes. Is he full of himself at times? Yes. And I'm like, I don't have a problem with this. He's like, nor did we. Did we have to pull him off the edge? What did Jimmy Johnson say about guys like me, Sapp, and all them other guys that he had to handle and had to deal with? You want to pull them dudes off the ledge. You want to pull great players off the ledge. You are not building championship football teams with choir boys. And don't kid yourself. Are you under the impression that Howie Roseman takes advice from the freaking NFL network? And they didn't want to put that shit out there on Jalen Carter about the coaches not talking well? I go, Trey, they said you guys were talking shit on him. He's like, not true. Did we say he was at times hard to handle? He goes, Dan, weren't you? Yeah. Was it Jerome? Yeah. Jerome was a handful. Jerome's a great dude, though. 
And by all accounts, so is Jalen Carter. This shit aggravates me. It's why I hate 99.9% of the people that work in the fucking media. I hate that. Your opinion, who are you talking to? I talked to Trey Scott himself. I talked to the D-line coach himself. He ain't going to bullshit me. I've known him 100 years. I've known that guy 100 years. Okay? I'm going to tell you a story about Jerome, and then you tell me if you would have had a problem drafting him. Jimmy Johnson kicked him off campus. He lost his housing. Because he had weapons in his room. He was thrown off campus for drag racing. He was a problem. Jimmy loved him. We loved him. Sometimes people live on that edge. Unfortunately for Jerome, it was it was an issue. And it was an issue in the end. I know the whole story. You don't have to freaking tell me. And I will not address any of your opinions on this. Because I don't care. I don't care what you think of Jerome Brown. I could care less if it's anything negative. Jerome was a handful. I thought it was so appropriate that how he moved up to nine where Jerome was drafted in 1987 and took Jalen Carter. You can make the argument, and we made it here. Two best players in the draft are Jalen Carter and Bijan Robinson. And by the way, for the record, I totally believe the reason that Howie moved up to nine is because he was not going to not get one of the elite guys in the draft. Will Anderson, Paris Johnson, Jalen Carter, and B.J. Robinson. If if B.J. was there, I believe that would have been a tough choice for Howie to make. Because Howie was getting an elite player, and he did. And he did. This player here is this guy. For better or worse. Drew Rosenhaus had a lot to do with this in the selling. You guys remember a player by the name of Willis McGahee? Blew his knee out in a national championship game. Drew was such a good salesman. He got that kid drafted into the first round with a knee brace on. With a knee brace. That's how good a salesman Rosenhaus is. I like that name. Baby Jerome. That's what you got here. That's what you got here. The way Nick and Howie handled the media people because they didn't like Jalen's answer to the crash after he got drafted was a thing of beauty. They should have took a shit on that guy. They should have took a shit on that guy. I would have too. Just shows you again. Dude, you got 364 days to take a piss on Jalen Carter. But you chose his best day with his family and everybody watching 
and a great moment for the kid to take a shit on him, okay? Hey, man, that's who you are. You're a shitty dude. Seals, he wears 88 so much in common with JB. Sombra, totally reminds me. I've been telling you this now for three months. It reminds me of Jerome Brown, and I've never in a million years, ever, ever compared anybody to him. Howie Roseman. Now, look, I'm not as thrilled at the 30th pick because I'm like with Baldinger. I don't think really Nolan Smith shows a lot of production. However, I'm okay with the pick because you know why? He has a lot of explosion. You guys remember that kid, Chris Johnson, who played? I forget. I think he went to Memphis. He was a running back back in the day, ran a 4-1 or something. There's no premium on speed, especially on the perimeter. So I'm going to get to all the picks here in a second, okay? I promise you. But Jalen Carter was a absolute... He was an absolute gift. And I'm going to tell you this right here. That's right. No better organization. Jimmy Johnson said that too, and so did Dave wants that. Carter's in the right place, the Philadelphia Eagles. He's in the right place. There's not a doubt about that. Okay? Jalen Carter comes into a position where now, guess what? You ready? He is completely 100% an upgrade on Javon Hardgrave. I'll take him over Javon Hardgrave any day, any night, any week. He's a better ball player. He's not as experienced. He'll have to learn nuances of the NFL, but he's a better talent. Howie Roseman has improved the defensive front already. And the defensive tackle position is better than it was a year ago. It's not deeper, but it's better than it was a year ago. You should hear Chicago's radio show. Those fans are hurt. I mean, what'd they get? They got to Tennessee tackle. They need that position. I know they wanted to get an explosion player. But that's okay. That's an address that's needed. By the way, the only reason that I'm addressing Jalen Carter is because there were only 13 players, as I said to you, in this draft. And there were only five impact wow guys. And Eagles got one of them. Dude, you got the guy too, not at the bottom end of that, but you got the guy that's at the top. You could have flipped a coin. Who's the best defensive player? Will Anderson or Jalen? I, I, you know, I'm partial to D-tackle, so I'm probably going there. But Anderson's a fine player. Houston showed you what they thought of him, too. Jalen Carter is an explosive football player. You know, I have to come to grips on something on production, and I'm going to get to that. Let me go over to the 30th pick with Nolan Smith. I'm with Baldy. I see the potential. I do. I'm not in love with the player, though. I'm like him. I'm not in love with him. Okay? 
He's missed quite a few ball games at Georgia. He's kind of productive. His junior year was, or his... His junior year was his best year. We're going to get to all these numbers here in a minute. But I remember something. This is a Dan thing. Because more players rotate today. And there's more rotation today. So I, I, I have to adjust. Not you. You're not wrong. He's a talented kid. I'm, I am not saying he's not. That is not where I'm going here. Okay? Not going here. Um, overall, first first round, let's talk about the need. They got an interior D-tackle. That's a game-changing player. And they got one of the best players on the board. Boom. Addressed it. Edge rusher. Brandon Graham. Next year, probably gone. You start with now two bookends with tremendous speed. Guess what you look at with this defense? This defense is not a 34. You've got, you've got too much talent in your D-tackle position. You got to play a 34 here. I mean, you got to play a 43. You what, so what you're going to do is you're going to put one of those guys on a nose. I mean, I mean, wh- wh- where's Josh Sweat fit into this? You got to play a forefront. I think you got to play a 43. Okay, so you can get those rotations going in there with those tackles. I think you got to play a 43. Okay, you're still light at the linebacker position. You're better on the edge now. You're probably going to be able to set the perimeter and set the edge a lot better now that you have a player like Nolan Smith here. We'll see, and by the way, don't get crazy, but let's see how his college game, how he takes it to the NFL. Last year, Kobe Dean didn't do a very good job at translating from the college game to the pro game. Neither did Jordan Davis. Now, There were great players on that team. There were really good players. So before we start, these guys don't even have helmets yet. Okay? These guys don't even have helmets yet. Relax. Let's see how they transition into the college, from the college game to the pro game here. Do you think Desai will deploy some five fronts? I think he has to. Tone, I I totally think he has to. I think Howie's really had a great offseason. Let me let me get to Jalen Carter here. And I like to look at production sheets. And I talked to his D-line coach, as I said, before I came on the air. First year starting, eight games, 14 total tackles, three tackles for loss, no sacks. 14 games. His second year, 17 solo, 20 assists, 37 tackles, eight and a half TFLs, pretty good. Three sacks. This last year, 32 tackles. That's kind of where he hangs. Seven TFLs and sacks were three. So he has six sacks in roughly 34 games. Kind of the same production Jordan Davis had. He's a better player, technically. His footwork is better. His hand placement's better. He's quicker. He gets in the backfield more and makes plays. 
again, I remember something here. I'm not ripping him because I've got to come to the 2023s knowing that kids rotate. They rotate more, especially at big programs like Ohio State and programs like Georgia and Alabama. So there's more rotation than there was back in my day. And you're not going to see, you're, you're rarely going to see a defensive tackle with 100 tackles and 10 sacks. Okay? Because Russell Maryland, Cortez Kennedy, who played behind me, they would have transferred because they wouldn't have got any playing time. So that's part of today is the transfer portal and why you see a lot more and why it's important for Alabama and Georgia to get a lot of quality guys like Wyatt, Walker, Kobe Dean, Davis. That's why you see a lot of these guys and you don't see high production numbers. I, 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 I get it. I, I'm with you here. By the way, this is an assessment. Now that he's an eagle, this is an assessment of him. Because when you put the tape on, he's impact. All you need is 20 feet of him. Watch 20 feet of film. You know how good he is. Okay? He's a game-changing type defensive football player. Not an issue. I compared him to Jerome. I think he's got a lot of that. Now, I don't mind the the off-the-field issues. As long as you can control yourself and your emotions. And listen, he's got a great agent. If he listens to Drew Rosenhaus, Drew Drew was Ray Lewis's agent. Ed Reed's agent. All them dudes. If he listens to Drew, remember what happened with Antonio Brown? Drew dropped him because he stopped listening to him. Drew was going to guide him out. Antonio Brown wanted nothing to do with it. Okay? Wanted nothing to do with it. So what did Rosenhaus do? You know what Drew said? I'm not ruining my relationship for Jalen Carter with the Eagles because this guy's an asshole. That's how Drew looks at you. Hey, I'm going to help you. Just like I would Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Jalen Carter, or Darius Slay. I'm going to help everyone. But you got to listen to me. I've been doing it for 40 years. I've known Drew Rosenhaus for 40 years. Don't think that that relationship with Howie Roseman didn't play into Jalen Carter being drafted and those guys being very, very protective of Jalen Carter's reputation. You got a good taste of that with Howie Roseman and with Nick Sirianni and them guys and how protective they're going to be of Jalen Carter's character. Because when you question the character of Jalen Carter, you question the character of the Eagles. Sills Adelphia, Super Bowl prediction on 428, yes or no? Not yet. Not yet. But I will say this. You know why they were so protective when that dude was asking questions and that dude was attacking Jalen Carter? Because he didn't feel contrite. Hey, bro, how do you know he's not contrite? How do you know what he didn't say to the family members? Those are people that he knew every day and saw. Where would a guy come up with that? That he just made that. He just made that up. He didn't get this. A guy in the Philadelphia media is like, I guess he thinks he's the soul searcher for 
all of you that he didn't feel, and he's speaking for you, that he didn't feel that he was, well, contrite enough. Where does that guy get the balls to do that? Who are you at the end of the day, guy? What, because you've been covering a football team with a pen and a piece of paper? Does it give you the autonomy to attack a kid on one of the great days of his life and his family's life and all the things that some of those families had to fucking go through? Those scumbags make me sick. They make me sick. You had 300 days to kick his ass, but you chose that day. I was so angry, man. You know why? Jalen Carter reminds me of Jerome a lot in many ways. You're going to have to pull that guy off the edge. That's okay. That's okay. I'm all right with it. As long as he's a good dude, and by all accounts, he is. And then when you ask the Georgia Bulldog coaches, Kirby, hey, is he a bad guy? <laughs> Absolutely not. And I don't know where they got that from. And then did you hear that they thought that they were so bold and powerful, the NFL Network? Did you, did you see it, Tone, what they were doing? Well, we didn't want to show that we would dictate maybe where the kid fell or if he did fall in the draft because of bad information that we – like they had – what they did was lie to you. I talked to Trey Scott himself. That's, I don't know where that came from. Trey Scott took over for Tracy. I mean, this is, it was a bunch of, what they were doing is lying to you so that they could make you feel that they have inside sources and that Jalen Carter's a bad kid. Now, you want to know what misinformation is? That Will Levis or Levis toe injury, who cares? He fell in the draft. Now they're making excuses why he fell in the draft. Like I told you, Willis McGahee was drafted in the first round by the Bills in a knee brace. Come on, dog. That's just bullshit by the agent. (laughs) Because now he doesn't want his client to look so bad because his client's now in the second round. It's okay, man. That's what your agent should do, man. He should try to make you feel better and make you look better. No problems there. The reality is both Georgia players made a bad decision that night. One lived, one didn't. Can't place blame on Carter for other kids' death. That's tone there. Of course not. Of course not. If Tracy Rocker, remember what I told remember what I said to you a couple weeks ago? If the Eagles pass on Jalen Carter, it was because Tracy Rocker didn't give an endorsement. Or the Georgia coaches didn't. So wait a minute. The guy is in trouble with the authorities. A person dies. The coaches hate him. But the Eagles still draft him at nine? Really? Really? I don't believe that. That organization does too good a job at vetting things. And I mean things, players, coaches, situations, everything, the media. That's why they got in that media guy's ass. 
Hey, Seals, did you see the high school kids on stage? They were bigger than most of the draft picks. The league has changed. Dual threat. GT, thank you, dude. Yeah, also, was pretty interesting to see Rich uh, Eisen start the uh, NFL draft on accusing gun violence of killing those folks in Virginia instead of a maniac, like the maniac in Nashville. Okay, I, I, I thought political statements were not supposed to be done on NFL Network. And there were not supposed to be any kneeling or political messages, but there was Eisen throwing it out, gun violence, instead of maniac violence. <laughs> I mean, I was like, come on, dog. This is a draft. It's supposed to be a feel-good. It shows you right there, the media, again. Let me get to Nolan, Nolan Smith. Um, again, I'm like Baldy. Here's Nolan Smith. 18 total tackles, two and a half TFLs, two and a half sacks. Sophomore year, 21 tackles, seven games, two and a half TFLs, two and a half sacks. Junior year, 53 tackles, eight TFLs, four and a half sacks. So two of the last three years, he's not been able to play a full season. Okay. All right, all right. 18 tackles, seven TFLs a year ago, three sacks. It's got to be because of production. Because when you watch the kid in a game and you watch all these Georgia kids, it just seems they're always around the ball. But there's just so many of them that, you know, I was thinking about it. And when you're looking at these numbers, you're like, God, this is non-productive. But yet you look at the record and you look at the scheme that they're in, highly productive. And to me, they make more impact plays because they are fresher, because you have so much more in rotation. So to me, that's why when you look at the player, now look, I don't give a shit about the combines. I don't care what he ran. I, I don't care. I care he's a football player. The stuff that we watch on the combines, they'll never in a million years do one skill thing or one drill like that for the rest of their professional careers. It is not reality of what the NFL is, is the combines. It's a joke. It's made for television. It has no implications or bearings on whether or not you're going to make it in the NFL or not. Has zero to do with it. Whether you run a fast 40 or you bench 700 pounds has no bearing on whether or not you're going to be an NFL guy. Zero. Can you play football? Do you make plays? Are you around the football? That's all that matters here. The combines? I don't care about the combines. Okay? I don't. I think Jalen Carter has a lot to prove to people because they're doubting him. By the way, one of the worst things you can have as a player is that they're waiting for you to F up now. He has to know this, and this is why he has a great agent. You know, I know you guys talk about the leadership that's in the Eagle locker room, and it is important. I'm not dismissing that. But he's got an agent that's going to be in his face. Dude. Everybody in Philadelphia, you got a taste of it at the press conference. 
You got a taste of it with some of your interviews. You've got a taste of it. You got a taste of what's to come. Philly is the best place on the planet for him, not only in the organization, but also preparing him how to answer questions. Dude, when you're down in Georgia and you're down in Hicksville and you've got the Georgia Bulldog media, that's a whole different animal compared to the Philly media and the NFL media. That's night and day also because they're going to prep you for it. And the people in that PR department are sitting his ass down. You will never do an interview with Jalen Carter unless they know what some of the questions are. I promise you that. And that's a good thing. The Eagles are going to prepare him and prep him and teach him how to handle himself when it comes to answering questions. Just by the simple fact of one of the medium people, I didn't feel you. I didn't feel you were sorry enough that you killed that guy. That's basically what he said. Pretty preposterous to come out of your skin like that to make a statement so that people can now put you in the story. That's what that guy did. He put himself in the stupid story. You 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 now have a good clue. So to me, there's no question. Jalen Carter's got a lot to prove. Man, I'll tell you what, though. You got the best player in the draft. If you feel that way, I could too. The best player in the draft. I told you it was Robinson, this guy. Remember what I told you about the sandbox yesterday? You guys right now got the best football player. Sometimes, friends, that comes with some... That comes with a little bit of baggage. Do you think this guy was a choir boy? You're trying to win a football game. Choir boys don't win football games. That's Notre Dame. Ain't no choir boys. I'm okay with this kid. I don't have one freaking problem with him. Big Seals, you make it a Super Bowl. No, no, not yet. I want to see what he does June. Or the rest of this draft as well. Personally, I think he had a fabulous night. Okay, I think Howie had a fabulous night. You got a tremendous prospect at 30. Wind him up, man. He could, I'll tell you what, can I say this to you? And I'll say it to you about, about him. He has a lot of, of the physical attributes. God, I, I, I don't know if I should say it. I don't know if I should say it. He has a lot of the physical attributes of Derek Thomas. He doesn't have the kind of production that I, that I needed to see in college, but man, quick. Hansy gets on that corner, man. And you know what he does too? He'll put you in a wide nine, get you out there and rush you, get them tackles, feet moving. Once you get those tackles, feet, feet moving and not planted, you own them. He's good out there in that. You watch him. Again, I want to see him against pro guys. I watched him against some of the SEC guys and some of the very guys who went in the NFL draft last night. 
He's got a lot of talent, and it's a good pick, especially at that 30 spot. You know what the Eagles didn't do, too, which was great? They didn't overthink it. They didn't have to. I'm telling you, and I don't care what those guys say on radio in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles were thinking of taking Bijan. They move up the nine because they were not going to let anybody get Jalen Carter because they, they knew there were only five dudes in the wild sandbox, and they were going to get the last one who could be the best one. They knew it was a steal at nine. Shit, it may have been a steal at eight. Remember we talked about Bijan going to Atlanta yesterday? Right, Tone? We talked about Bijan going to Atlanta because the quarterback, Desmond Ritter, you're going like this. Hey, man, what a better way to put that in there than you get it on the other side of Pitts. Okay? Howie was so patient with the board. He's getting better, like you said. He's not... He didn't overcook it. He did a really great job letting the game come to him. I think he had a fabulous night. I think he's had uh, – uh, get this. Uh, how about this? You know why I don't like to do this? I'm wrong about my offseason assessment of Howie Roseman. Between the contract, Kelsey back, the corners back, the draft so far in the first round, I mean, uh, it, it, it's it's been great. The restructuring of Lane – I mean, it, it, it's just continuing. This guy's got a conveyor belt of like bowling pins that he's knocking down as he gets ready for July 27th. Okay. Hey, look, some of you, if you're pissed off that they didn't get Bijan Robinson, okay, you shouldn't be though, because this kid is evaluated better. And look at what you did this year compared to last year. You underdrafted this guy who is a better player than his draft position. Last year, you overdrafted a guy. And by the way, I think it's a testament to Jordan Davis to have to get his ass in shape and have to get his ass going. You know why? Many places have already put Jalen Carter in as a starter next to Fletcher Cox. What's that tell you? Many people were disappointed with Jordan Davis. Maybe this lights a fire under his ass. And I think that's what they're thinking as well. I think they got an upgrade on Javon Hardgrave with this kid. This kid's a great ball player. I think this kid has every making of being one of your greatest defensive linemen. If what? If you keep him in the barn. The key is going to be keeping this kid in the barn. Constantly letting him know who he is, where he is. Do not lose that fact. The Philadelphia media is waiting for you to F up. They're not your friends. Don't kid yourself. The media is not your friend. Jalen Carter, you need to know that. They're not your friend. They're going to come up to you and befriend you. They're going to say shit to you. But it's going to be a point where they're going to have to talk shit on you. Don't let it get in your mind here that those people are your friends. They're not your friends. Don't ever let these guys get in. Once they do, they got you. That's advice. 
if you're if you do what I do and you pretend to be some sort of journalist and yet you turn around on the radio and talk shit on them you're not a journalist you're an opinionist you're an op-ed guy you're not a reporter or a journalist you're an op-ed guy you write in the opinion section Dalvin Cook, I, I missed that one. Please repost it. I'll, I'll read it. Do you think how he drafts a running back tonight or patiently trades a veteran, maybe an expensive Swift from Detroit? John, I think they're going to go with where they are. Okay, I do. I think Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry is next. Whew. Okay, if that happens, I quit. Like, I, I, hey, like, like Howard Eskin, if that happens, I quit. <laughs> okay. I really love the attention that they're giving positions of need on Philly. They got a, they one of the priorities was getting the corners back. They wanted CJ back. They got the two corners. To me, that's more of a priority. Okay. They're addressing the D tackle position. They spent ten million on Fletcher. A 13th pick last year, and they went right around in the draft and drafted another DT in back-to-back drafts. Not afraid. And they got the best player in the draft. I told you for months now. He's Jerome Brown. Okay? My two guys were him and BJ. B. John Robinson and him are the best players in the draft. There's no coincidence that a running back went eight. I told you, he's the fifth. He's probably the third best player in the draft. Atlanta got him at eight. That's a steal. That's a steal. Okay. They've really done a great job. Really, I mean it. Um, I want to wait and see the player. Obviously, remember what I told you. See, everybody's talking about the name. I want to see the guy play first and how he fits into a system and into a scheme. Because let me tell you the first thing that you know when you're listening to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. How do you even know what defense they're going to run yet? The Eagles haven't made it public yet on what defense they're going to run. How do you know he fits in? How do you know his skill set fits into a 34, 43, a bare front? How do you know that? You don't know that yet. You have no idea how that – get this. To some of you guys who are who are N'Kobe Dean fans, N'Kobe Dean may fit better in this new system that Sean Desai, and he may look like an all-pro. This guy may look like an all-pro. You don't know. And then again, you put a guy in a system and you go like this. Shit, that guy just doesn't fit. We don't even know yet what the Eagles are preparing and what look they're going to look at. 34-43, we have no idea. I'll tell you what, though, that Jalen Carter, he fits everywhere. He fits everywhere. I am so impressed they got that kid. And I'm going to say it one more time to you. The relationship with Drew Rosenhaus and how Rosenhaus handled himself with the Darius Slay negotiations probably really impressed the Eagles, 
Rosenhaus has an amazing bedside manner. It's an amazing bedside manner. He's going to look out for He probably told him that. Don't kid yourself. There's probably great conversations. Great conversations. The fans are just as excited. Don't beat them up that much. Hey, hey, listen. Listen, guys. I'm telling you. One thing's for sure. I'm telling Jalen Carter these things because I think he has the ability for greatness. This is a pick of greatness. This is a pick that could guess what? Be one of Roseman's greatest picks on that side of the ball. You know, I'm going to give you a comment here, and I'm going to tell you a little philosophy on how I was coached. Damn, coach, why are you always on my ass? Why are you kicking me and Jerome's ass all the time? Hey, you two better worry when I'm not in your ass and I'm not saying shit to you. Because when I'm not saying shit to you, that's when I'm done with you. Don't ever forget that, Cilio. Whoa, what an epiphany that was. What an epiphany that was. Worry when I'm not in your ass. Because when I'm not in your ass, I don't care. Weapon says, Jerome heard you speaking, so he blessed us. Man, I felt the same thing last night, man. I just felt the presence of Jerome last night. When I heard Jalen Carter's name, I, I felt the presence of Jerome. And I said, JB, maybe this kid will finish on." unfinished business for you I mean he wears 88 I mean I I think he could give you the unfinished business you had in Philly I don't think Jerome Brown would have ever left Philly as a matter of fact I know he wouldn't have you got a guy here that embodies all of that is he edgy yes was Jerome yes is he quick-footed yes he's got great feet yes all of them, everything. They're the same size. 6'3", 314, same size, same footwork, same questionable question marks. And I'll tell you this, when everyone was talking shit on Jerome, they were talking shit on Jerome. There was just no social media. There were no television shows. Or Jerome would have got killed too. He would have got killed too. They would have been all over him like they were all over Jalen Carter. And yet there he was last night. I was so happy for the kid represented by Drew Rosenhaus. That was Jerome's agent. Do you know that? There's so many similarities here. You did know that. You did know that Drew Rosenhaus represented Jerome. This is a move here. That's a great, it's probably the best draft pick that they have had on that side of the ball 
since Fletcher. Since Fletcher. Mm. We're going to look at the draft here and some of the absolute surprises in it. How it affects the Eagles. What type of schemes best? Where's your strength now on your defense? Do I think the defense now... Sills, what do you think of the defense now that you took a crap on it a couple months ago and said this defense cannot win games? What do you think of it now? Pretty impressive. You're getting closer to San Francisco. Okay. A Devin White in there. Maybe a Brian Branch on the second day. You may have a better unit than a year ago. I'm not saying you're going to get more sacks because you're going to be playing against better quarterbacks. You're not playing against that shit box of quarterbacks you played against last year. You're playing against some quality people. But I think you may have more athleticism. How about this? I'm going to make a point to you. I think you probably have more athleticism on your defense, especially in your front seven, than you did a year ago. Jordan De- Jordan Davis is an athlete. He's just got to play up to his ability. Jalen Carter is an upgrade from Javon Hardgrave. He's an upgrade. Jerome was taken ninth overall as well. Weapon, when they moved up to ninth, there was just too much working. Rosenhaus, the ninth pick. A kid from, I think he's from Apaca, is he not? I think he's a Florida kid. I think he's a he's a right around. Do you know? Do you know he's right around from the neck of the woods of Jerome Brown? I think he's an Apaca kid. That's where Sap's from. I think, yeah, I I I think he's like up there, like around the Orlando slash towards Brooksville, where Jerome Brown's from. You got a special ball player. How he's kicking the living shit out of every general manager in the NFL. Dude, he's playing chess and they're playing checkers right now. I can't believe how much he's killing it. He is absolutely killing it. Kudos, man. Kudos. You know, I'm one of these guys, when I see someone doing a great job, you've got to give them their justice. The whole organization, the owner, the GM, the scouts, how they're drafting lately, too, with seven of 22 players on the starting 22. 17 of them have been drafted in the last couple years. Kudos, man. You know, I'm going to say it one more time to you. Since he came out of the broom closet, Howie Roseman is a 10-time better general manager. I did not think he was this good. This is the best offseason he has had since he's been in that building since 2000. This is best offseason, dude. This is best offseason. You know me, man. I don't sit around here waving pom-poms at people. That's not what I do. I'm a truth teller. I see what it is. Last night, he was a freak show. Moved up to nine. You know why? He was not going to be denied one of the wild players from the sandbox. The sandbox was Paris Johnson, Will Anderson, Bijan Robinson, Jalen Carter, and if you had to throw Bryce Young in there, those were your five wild dudes. The rest of the guys, down to 13, as I said, and now everyone's saying, 
there were 13 really good ball players in this draft. After 13, then you get to really good ball players down to around 53. And after that, I'd rather go and do what Howie does best. You know what that is? Scour rosters everywhere where I can find guys like C.J. Gardner-Johnson or go out and wait for June 1 when guys like Kaiser White or just jettisoned. And he brings those guys in. Howie's got more room. Howie's got another window of free agency coming up on June 1. You know that, right? Because salary cap implications are going to hit some teams because they can't manage their cap because they overpay their quarterback and they're going to start jettisoning guys. You're going to start seeing dudes that you wouldn't believe and are young. And Howie's going to go scoop them up Give him a one-year Howie deal. Howie's got a new deal here. I'm going to start calling this dude the fixer. He's the fixer. I'm going to give you a one-year deal. Come in here. Get this. You get paid here. You get paid somewhere. But you get paid if you play in Philly. That is a mantra now for free agents. By the way, too, I want to show you something else that your organization is now doing for you. Every time you draft a guy like Jalen Carter, who maybe has some dents in the fender, and maybe guys that are out there who have some debts in the fender, every free agent, potential free agent, wants to play in Philly now. I used to blame Howie for my chronic swamp ass because of his drafting. Now I'm so excited to see what he does next. His feel of what teams are going to do is fantastic. Skid, there's no doubt. You know, sometimes, Skid, when things are taken from you, you have an opportunity to watch him more. And I think as Chip Kelly decided to destroy the organization and de- decided to destroy the framework of the clubhouse and also the locker room, I think all the things that he started seeing in there, I think it panned out and played out for him and why he's a better general manager today. And then the most, I would say the most important thing is the fact that I think he's patient. I call him the one-year pimp sales. Marshall, guy gives you a pimp contract. <laughs> how he gives you a pimp contract hey man i'll tell you what you come in here you play well you're gonna get paid here or you're gonna get paid over there you pick it where you want to get paid <laughs> you're gonna get paid though and more importantly you're gonna win all this shit's good and by the way i wouldn't be crowing this much here on april 28th if you haven't come off an nfc championship and the fact that you now have a different quarterback and a different head coach, and you're just a few years removed from 2017, you continually are doing this with different people. What's the one common denominator that's not leaving the building? It's the GM. The GM is the one factor. By the way, there's not a, there's not a thought in my brain that makes me think Nick Sirianni had everything, anything to do with taking Jalen Carter. Nothing to do with it. That's an organizational decision. To me, that comes down from the owner. Are you cool with this guy being in our building, knowing we're going to have to face some jackass like we faced yesterday? Are you cool, Jeffrey? Yeah. That's the owner. JP goes, you said don't overdraft. How he listened, he didn't overdraft. Falcons pick Bijan made our decision easier. 
Go Philadelphia Bird Dogs. Absolutely. There's not one player they overdrafted yesterday. I'm not a superstar fan of Nolan Smith like Brian Baldinger isn't, but I'm okay with the pick. I see it. I see it. And get this. His athleticism warrants he's a first-rounder. Absolutely. Nobody's saying he's not. He's just not a top-10 guy. That's not a top-10 football player, but he may be. And he may live up and live into it. Again, remember something. This is a Dan thing. For me, it's more about I have to come to grips with people nowadays in college football doing a lot of rotating. And so when I don't see a ton of production, that makes me question it. But it's a me thing. It's not you. The player's good. The player's good. That's a good comparison, S. Blunt, because Von Miller at Texas A&M, I went like this. I don't know. I didn't see that. Or how about the guy, Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett and Von Miller. I went like this. Okay, well, I didn't see that in college. I didn't see that in college. What, what they ended up becoming in the NFL. I didn't. And, and could it be like that? It could be like that. He's got athleticism like those two dudes. Von's got a pretty good hip, though, man. He gets down and he gets around that hula hoop. He's pretty good at it. He's pretty good at it. He's a weapon like Reddick. Well, what, again, Yale, here's the one thing we got to wait and see. We got to wait and see what defensive scheme they're going to put him in. We don't even know that right now. Nobody has an idea what the scheme is going to be. And we're sitting around here going, oh, my God, this guy's going to beat him. You, you, let's see him get a helmet first, and let's see him. Remember what I said to you yesterday? When people start talking about names on the back of the jersey, now I talk about those five wow guys in the sandbox, and you got one of them. How can the N- – hey, here's the golden here's the golden nugget. How in the hell does the NFC champions – Get one of the five wow guys. And by the way, if Jalen Carter came out last year, he'd be the number one pick last year. You think Walker's going to go ahead of Car- Carter? Walker's not better than Carter. He's not better. I think they see Hassan Reddick in him. Weapon, bigger too. Bigger too. Okay, he's a bigger dude. Again, the 40-yard dash, okay, that's that's great, but can you apply it to the field? Jerry Rice ran a 4-8 at the Combines. Did any of you ever see Jerry Rice get caught from behind in an NFL football game? Did you ever see Jerry Rice where speed was an issue? Honest to God, Jerry Rice ran a 4-8 at his Combines. A 4-8. Do you think that mattered? In that legendary career. So, I mean, let's let's see how they put him in play. I'll tell you something else, too, about how you handle a guy like Jalen Carter. You see, what I'm going to give you, instead of just sitting down here talking about the player, what he did at Georgia, that's old news now. We got to talk about what he, got, what he has look, looking ahead of him and where he is. Let me tell you what I would do. If that's me in a building, which remember something, Tracy, 
Look at what you have at that D tackle position. You got a former Outland and Lombardi winner, one of the best defensive linemen in college football history is Tracy Rocker. You understand that. Rocker is one of the very few, one of the very few people that ever won the Outland and Lombardi in the same year. Hey, Seals, have you ever evaluated a player where his combine production translated to his on-field production? Deion Sanders. Um, Chris Johnson. Damikitsu. Um, Aaron Donald. Now, his measurables were short because of him being short. Okay, his measurables. But here, here. Here's what, here is what Jalen Carter has facing him. Okay, scrutiny. Living up to the ninth pick. A lineage of great defensive tackles in that place. You feel it, you know it. You know where you're playing when you play defense in Philadelphia. You should know it. And by the way, that guy, Jonathan Gannon, I, I haven't been right about that guy since day one. He's immature. He doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. He was negotiating with his agent, with Arizona, with a scumbag Arizona organization who's under scrutiny right now with Park Avenue while he was preparing for the freaking Super Bowl. Imagine that. Jonathan Gannon. And some would say, well, you know, he was probably totally focused on the Super Bowl. There's not a chance when you know in the back of your mind, win or lose, you're getting a raise and you're going to become the head football coach of the Arizona Cardinals. You know why I know now what Frank's – get this, guys. Go back to the Frank Wright interview that we had on this show. What was it, Tone? Two months ago, Frank said he got the call to become the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. He knew that he was going to be in the building. It wouldn't surprise me if Shane Steichen also was talking to Jim Ursay. And both those guys were working on jobs. Both of them at the same time. There's no question. That's the price of success. You get you, you get your coaching staff rated. This guy's run. This guy's running his mouth about Philly, and the fans, and he's he's cutting side deals with other organizations while he's under contract with the Philadelphia Eagles, allegedly. Allegedly to the point where the league fined both teams. I don't know why the Eagles got fined. Holy cow, dog. Show some professional... Show some professionalism. Be a professional. You start something, finish it. Jesus criminy. You know, you and me and all you guys, we, 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 we get in each other's asses all the time. But at the end of the day, show some freaking professionalism. 5573, still so happy I stumbled upon your show back 
in week four of the season. I truly think the front office listens in this, Matt. It, it's made a difference. Keep it up. Thank you, brother. I think it does, too. I hear them saying some of the same shit I do. I heard Colin Coward go like this this morning. Well, there's probably 13 guys in the draft. I'm like, okay. I'm just, he probably landed on that number because he knows Joy watches it, too. I don't, Joy. Come on, man. That really ticked me off about Jalen Carter yesterday, though, dog. Dude, picking on the kid. Let the kid breathe a little bit. Okay? I think Eagles got fined because Gannon was an Eagle at the time, but I agree Eagles shouldn't have been penalized. If there's a fine to pay, where it is they settled, okay? Still, I'm talking about the profession. Hey, Tone, I get all that. I'm talking about the professionalism, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about professionalism. Damn. You had guys that were looking to, before even the Super Bowl was played, bailing on you. How uncool is that? By the way, Philly 500, we're going to get our boy on at 430. I want to get his take on this thing here. I know he's probably upset that we didn't get Bijan. Again, no. You landed on one of the guys in the sandbox. We're going to take a look at the draft. And we'll, we'll look at the draft here because it had to have been one of the most intriguing drafts that I've ever seen. Also... Some day two dudes that I could see the Eagles go after. Um, pretty amazing what's on your football team right now. Pretty amazing. And by the way, wait till I give you the odds for rookie and offensive defensive rookie of the year candidates. Wait till you hear the names that people are saying here. Okay? Hit the like button. Now we're two. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500, or visit us online at messalaw.com. Nessa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
My name is uh, Fran Solano, and I'm the Managing Director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Lamar Jackson's not as dumb after all, is he? I guess he's not as dumb as he has been portrayed to be, right? Got himself 180 million guarantees, 260 million, 52 million dollars per. I guess he quite ain't that stupid. Kudos to you, man. Way to take your own destiny in your own hands. Don't listen to the jackasses that are out there that because you're an athlete, you're a dumbass. You're not. You're gifted. You're smart. You're a great face of a franchise. You're a role model. I love everything about Lamar Jackson and who he is, what he does, what he represents, and all the things he does for kids in the inner city. He's a spectacular human being. And he 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 has a lot of I'm so proud of all these young quarterbacks that come out of the college ranks now and many of them with great character now, and want to beat guys like Hertz and Lamar Jackson. It's great. It is. Because you have that great responsibility, because you have that great fame. I just totally love that. I think it speaks volumes. So don't let some media dude tear you down. Again, remember something. He's look, Most guys in the media today are looking to make themselves part of the story. Remember something. I'm not a journalist. I've never been. I'm not a reporter. I don't ever want to be classified that. Ever. Because I don't think those guys have a lot of character. There's some that do, but I just don't. They'll tell you one thing and write another thing. They do it all the time. They'll befriend you and then talk shit on you on the air. That's why I don't become friends with many of them guys. Because you know why? Has to come a point where maybe I am talking shit on you. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's why I got it such a small sword start, a small circle of people. Because at the end of the day, people let you down every day. That's right, Duck. That's what I do, man. Sports, sports entertainment commentator. I'm a guy that sees and talks about what we all see every day. That's it. Hey, and you know what? Over the years of knowing certain people and you know, talking to certain guys and having them on the show, as you guys see, we've, we've become friends with some of them. But I don't sit around and pretend that I have inside sources with people. These, you see the guys that come on, and I bring the guys who come on, and I talk to them. 
Talk to Frank Reich. Think Frank got the... How about this? All that stuff about Will Levis turned out to be bullshit. Right? Here's how the draft broke down in the first round. Big 10 and Southeastern Conference both had nine players drafted. Big 12 had six. Pretty good showing for them so far. ACC had four. And the shitty-ass Pac-12 had three. Think of that. Back in the day, that would be reverse. It'd be Pac-12 and Big 10 with all the star players. Now it's SEC, and now you've even got the Big 12. And that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good first round for the Big 12 there. That's a pretty good first round. It is. Don't forget my boy Philly 500 at the bottom of the hour here. I want to say it one more time to you about your first round. It was patient, methodical, thought out, impactful, addressed needs. And you love the fact that they're they're hanging in gigantic conferences and great programs with great coaches who coach these players. you got to understand something on why Howie's falling in love with all these Alabama and Georgia guys. Look at what you have on your football team. I wrote this down. Look at where you are right now. So I'm going to count Hertz as a Bama guy. You got Hertz, Devontae Smith, and Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Georgia, you got Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean. You're get this, you're hanging out in the right places. Why? Because every single one of these players got impeccable coaching, opportunities to play against some of the top flight kids in the country. Every one of these guys played against people who you saw in the draft last night, last year, and the year before. They played all the elite kids. You're you're eliminating failure when you do this. That's why I say this. Jordan Davis may be overdrafted. He's not a bust. Jordan Davis is never going to be a bust. I'll say that to you. He's never going to be a bust. Is he going to be the 13th pick like Fletcher Cox? That I don't think. But is he going to be Vince Wolfork? I don't know, man. I think Vince is a good football player. I'm all right with Vince Wolfork. I'm okay with that. Jordan Davis is not a bust. My question on Nakobe is size and scheme. Size and scheme are going to play a factor on his success. I don't believe you could play him in a 34 and line him up over Landon Dickerson. Dickerson will kill him. And if you have to play against 17 Landon Dickersons every week, I don't think his body can hold up. That's my question. Is it a talent issue with him? I don't think so. A couple false steps here and there when I seen him get in there. A couple times when I saw him get in, he made some plays too. So those guys are not bust. I've never said that. You know I haven't, and I won't say that. I don't believe they're bust. Okay? I think it's really trying to figure out the the Rubik's Cube on those players. See, if you're you're going to have to be comfortable with Jordan Davis not being a high-productive guy like a Vince Wolfert, and Jalen Carter is going to have to – if those two guys do what I think they're going to do, Carter's – here – Carter's going to be the stud, Jerome Brown, and and Jordan Davis is going to be what I was next to Jerome. Hunter tackle guy, making plays, 
helping the run game out, really productive. But at the end of the day, the three technique is always going to be the star. The three techniques, the star in the defensive line, especially in the triangle. Okay. In the triangle, the three technique will always be the star. Very rarely do you have the one technique as a star. Like Joe Green became a star because they tilted him. And Bud Carson started tilting him. And that's why he became more of a force in there. Okay? Davis breakout year, I think it is who he is. Okay? I do. I, I He is what you see here. Let's take a look at, and, and, and by the way, what else, something else here too, about the behavior of the Eagles during the draft. They must have took a ton of calls for that 10 spot. They must have took a ton of calls. And as you, here, here, here was the determining factor of why I think Carter fell. When Arizona traded and they traded with Houston, I said, this kid's going to land at 10. Here's why. There wasn't a chance in hell Arizona was not going to draft an offensive lineman. Kyler Murray has been screaming for an old lineman and he wanted Paris Johnson. They got it for him. Okay. Then you had to worry about, and when Seattle took Witherspoon earlier than I thought, but a good ball. Remember I told you, well, what, right tone months ago, this guy's my favorite player in the draft. So I get where Seattle fell in love with him too. Cause when you watch him on film, you fall in love with him. Dan, your birthday's two days before mine. And Jackson's birthday is two days after mine. Capricorns, baby. There you go. <laughs> Thank you very much, Weapon. I appreciate that. Thank you for coming aboard here. So what they did was, and by the way, I'm, I'm sorry. I believe they were going to still think about drafting B. John Robinson. And didn't you think after Atlanta took him? Howie. Get this, Chicago wasn't going to take Jalen Carter. Chicago wasn't going to take him. But they didn't want to take any chances of getting the last impact guy. They wanted to have the option at 10 between Bijan Carter and Bijan Robinson and Jalen Carter. They wanted the option. When that didn't happen, they moved up to nine. The Bears weren't taking him. The Bears were not going to take him. The Bears, like I said, dude, it makes more sense to do what? You have to start building the freaking football team around Justin Fields. Not a shitty defense that you've decimated over the last two years. The Bears, in my opinion, boy, I'll tell you something, man. I don't care who the GM is. That thing is just not a well-run organization. Maybe the new guy in there, the new president, Warren, who was the uh, Big Ten commissioner, maybe he changes the landscape in there. But Chicago, you get rid of Roquan Smith, you sign two guys for $100 million. What's the point? Give me Roquan and I'll build around Roquan with two stiffs. I could put two stiffs around Roquan, Roquan and he'll cover that. Get me a D-tackle. 
you know, if I had Roquan, I might want to draft Jalen Carter because I at least have some leadership on that side of the ball. Holy cow, Chicago's a train wreck. I mean, just like Keith Byer said yesterday, dude, who in the hell would want to go to Chicago? Does anybody really think that Justin Fields has a chance of succeeding in Chicago? I don't. $75 million for linebackers. Are you out of your mind? You had a guy who was the second best inside linebacker in the league, and you let him walk. Just makes no sense. Chicago Bear fans must be going till they took an old lineman moving down. It's the smart move, and it's the safe move. It's not bad. But if Chicago wanted to do anything, you should have moved up to three. Took Anderson. Okay? They traded that pick because Chicago had the number one overall pick. They're just not a very well-managed football team. Just not very well managed. It's just not happening, man. I don't see it. So let's look at this draft before we bring our boy in. Get his thoughts. Philly 500 is going to join us here in a minute too. I know he's probably upset. Um, Actually, Joe, this is I think the third time that we've been over a 1,000. But it's because of you. Let me let me tell you one thing about you guys and the people that watch the show from other markets. You are the best group of people that I have ever spoken to probably since Tampa. And that was 2012. It's the best and most intelligent sports people since 2012. Okay. You're, you're not great on college football. You're great on pro sports. California is the worst in sports talk radio history. Miami's not much better. Okay? It's not. Tampa's spectacular. Dallas is spectacular. You guys, you Philly guys, man, are just brilliant. You're, you're, you're hardcore. I love the fact that you give me shit. Are you kidding me? I love you guys. I had a guy yesterday. You guys are going to love this. I had a guy yesterday go, hey, Cilio, I can't stand you, and I really don't like you, but I like your take on what you said about the draft. You know what I did? I wrote him back on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio Show. I said, you're the best and my favorite kind of sports fan. You know what he did? He started following me, and I told him, I said, thank you, dude. You're exactly what I'm looking for, Okay. You think my wife tells me to go F myself. You think I'm marrying somebody that goes, okay, I, I, I got an aunt who does the same thing. Okay? Slasher goes, Shills, I'm going to turn the channel, bro. You're getting soft on me already. Okay? Okay? Hey, hey, hey. Sorry, dog. I, I'll, I'll get back to being a tool. Hang on, hang on. Okay? We'll get back to being a tool. And then Tone can go hide. <laughs> Uh, Sills, didn't Playmaker say we were building a dynasty? He sure did. And he's right. And he's right. Sills changed up. That's not true. Hey, what do you think I'm the swimmer from UPenn? I'm not changing nothing. (laughs) Uh, Let's look at the NFL draft. Did 
you really think Bryce Young, did you really think Bryce Young wasn't going number one? Who in their right mind thought Bryce? He's the best quarterback in the draft. Okay, he's the best QB. C.J. Stroud, I really loved that player, man. When he got to the podium and he was emotional like that and he was crying and all the hard work he put in and his family and all the back. Man, I love that shit. Dude, he's not crying because of anything except of all the sacrifices his family made to get him in that position. Dude, I cried when I got drafted. I thought my aunt, my grandparents, my Uncle Richard, all the people that helped me get to that moment. And when you get drafted like that, man, it's really something that I just, it's a feeling that you're just, you think of everyone around you that helped you and guided you to that point. I don't, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just knew at that moment when I picked the phone up and Rich McKay said, you're a buck. Congratulations. I was like this, man, this is incredible. He goes, congratulations, dude. You're a buck and a pretty high draft pick. Man, thank you. He goes, tell your grandpa we said hi. Damn, Philly tells you where to stick it. That's why no one likes us since Henry is probably out, out the picture or how will Howie uh, finesse for a running back. Really good stuff, man. So Bryce Young goes number one. Boy, I think Frank Reich's going to do great things with him. Man, I think Carolina can win the NFC South. So you got Frank Reich and you got Bryce Young. That's all you need. He'll he'll build an offense around Bryce. That's a really great sign. I like the Stroud sign. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Ryan's and them guys. And Nick Casario, they're building something nice down in Houston. Now, if the McNairs can stay out of the way and not be dumb owners and not be cheesy owners, which they're not, they were very aggressive. They went back to back. That's great. It's great. I love, so you get Stroud and you get Will Anderson. You've got centerpieces in your football team for the next 10 years. Good for you, man. That city needs some. They need some injection. By the way, if I were his agent, C.J. Stroud, go in there and make them forget Deshaun Watson. You know how you can do that? Don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. Be everything he wasn't when it comes to off the field. Remember something. Everyone's watching you. They're going to watch you. They're going to make sure that you're reminded we had a quarterback in here and all the nightmarish fiascos we had to deal with. They're going to remind him like they reminded Jalen Carter yesterday. Anthony Richardson, I think we all saw this coming. Um, I'm not a fan of this player either. I don't. He wasn't a winner at Florida, and now he's going to be a winner at Indianapolis. I just don't see it. Sorry. This pick here, this Anthony Richardson pick, I think it's a shit pick. I think I get the – I understand it because they're going to try to implement the – do you understand something about when you try to put the Jalen Hurts offense in someone else's hands? It's not the athleticism. 
that you have to deal with first. It's the smarts. Jalen Hurts is a, is a smart guy. And his reaction time and thinking is quick as hell. Boom. I think he has a – I think he processes information as good as any quarterback I've ever seen. It's different. He doesn't have to have progression reading. He has to have RPO reading. And I think that's quicker. Boom. Boom. He's got to make split-second split decisions. When you're in a seven-step – Dude, you got three seconds back there to think about it where you're going with the ball. When you're in an RPO, you got split seconds. Split seconds to deal with that. I told you, Sills, trust in Howie. If you could pick up Tupelota or Fusky on day two, I'm good. I'm going to get to some of the guys, too, we're building for many championships to come. Congratulations to all those young men. Absolutely. Appreciate that, too. Thank you so much, Marky Wide Dan. Thank you very much. Listen, I'm wrong. I've probably said that in three years on this show once. This dude is having a great offseason. Howie's killing it. Howie's killing it. Atlanta already had a 1,000-yard rookie running back. Now Bijan may be a triple crown winner as a rookie. We got all kinds of stuff on who people think are going to be the rookies of the year, too. Dude, man, really a great day. Really, really a kudo day. But I'm not a Richardson guy. I, 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 that's a bust. But, again, here we are on April 28th. It's not fair to say that to the kid. The kid may go on and become Michael Vick or Jalen Hurts. So it's not fair. So he doesn't even have a helmet. Sills calling him a bust. I just don't see the, I just don't see the skill set that I saw in college that I think he's going to need when he has to play in the pros. Bro, if you couldn't win games in the SEC, what makes you think you're going to win games in the AFC South? I just, I don't see it. Okay, Sills of sandpaper, a bit abrasive, but always smooths things out. <laughs> Green blood, thank you. Devon Witherspoon's my favorite ball player. Seattle took a Illinois cornerback. Not a shocker. Pete Carroll, corner, secondary, Legion of Boom. Wants to go back to building that up again. Not a shocker. Paris Johnson, one of the sandbox guys. Paris Johnson was one of the sandbox guys. I didn't realize this Skarnowski kid, his grandpa was a Connecticut guy, and he was drafted back in the day, went to Indiana University. And um, ended up playing for the Packers and won five titles in nine years as a member of the Green Bay Packers. So we're going to stop there. We'll stop at Paris Johnson here. I want to bring Philly 500 in now. Paulie Walnut style, what's up? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. So he is. I love it. Hey, hey, isn't it ironic too, Philly, that they took him at nine? Jerome was taking. I thought of that. I thought of that last night too. I said, "How weird is that?" You know, because uh, you you say he reminds you of 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 Jerome. Seth Joyner said the same thing. So uh, I mean, you tell me that we're we're getting Jerome Brown. 
um, how could you not be happy with that pick? How about this too, Philly? I said, if you come away with one of the sandbox guys, right? And I mean the wild guys, Bijan, and mm-hmm. hey, and I'll get him and get to him in a second. Paris, mm-hmm. Will, uh, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, and maybe Tyree Wilson, or if you want to go Bryce Young, that's fine. Those are one of the sandbox guys. This yeah. is what I think played out here. So Chicago was not taking a DT. But what they were afraid of is someone else moving up like New England or someone jumping in there and getting the Chicago pick. And Chicago yeah. was looking at one of the O-line. It's pretty good O-line draft. They got a bunch of O-linemen. They're all graded the same. So they wanted to get ahead and get that pick. Once Bijan went eight to Atlanta, you notice yeah. that's when they made the pick. I yeah. think they were hoping that they had the choice between both those players. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the way the draft was falling out, that's what I was hoping for. I would hope I was hoping that Bajan and Jalen would be at nine, and then we would be, you know, we would be guaranteed one of those guys. Um, but I, I got to tell you, when Atlanta took Bajan Robinson, I thought to myself, "Oh, we're going to lose Jalen Carter, Chicago. They're going to take him." That was going through my mind. It was. It got really depressing, but. The Eagles moved up quick, and, and and they did the right move. Who cares about a second round, a fourth round pick in twenty twenty four? Who cares? <laughs> I don't care. How he's all season so far for you? Oh, that's tremendous! It, it, it's tremendous. But is this his not, best time? Not, at, is this his best time as GM of the Eagles? This has been really, really impressive, especially you know with having the the giant Hurts contract uh, and stuff. I would say this year or last year. I think the last two years. He's been on a roll. Would you say that Jeffrey Lurie trusts him more now than he did prior to being put in the broom closet? Because he just <laughs> yeah. he just looks like that. a different dude now. Yeah, he's totally different. You know, the thing with Howie is he seems like when he's aggressive and and he 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 acts aggressively and tries to dictate what he wants, he's very successful. When when they Sit back and wait and passive. It seems like that's when they get screwed up. I, I think he's very good at being, you know, very aggressive. You know your target. You know what you want. Go get it, you know. Philly, do you agree that a lot of the things that are being said about him, I don't think this is being brought up enough. I know they got a really great guy that they trust in the building, this guy, Dom, who's head of security. But follow yeah. me here when I say this to you. His agent is Drew Rosenhaus. That yeah. was Jerome Brown's agent. Mm, I didn't and know that. I'm going to tell you here, that negotiation that went on between Darius Slay mm-hmm. and guess who Darius Slay's agent is? Drew Rosenhaus. And as that was going on, I think that impressed the Eagles because... Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Here's the one thing that I know for 40 years what Drew does. He told Anthony, he told Antonio Brown to pound, pound pavement because he wasn't mm-hmm. listening to him anymore. And he's not going to deal with players that don't listen to him because he's going to guide you through. 
This right. is the same guy, Philly, that got Willis McGahee drafted in a in a leg brace with That's ACL right. and MCL when he blew his leg out in the national title game to Buffalo. Yeah. He's the mm-hmm. best salesman going. And I think they felt comfortable that Drew's going to keep an eye on them, along with the leadership inside that locker room, that I think that's why they're being overprotective about this guy's character and why Nick and Howie jumped that dude's ass. Do you agree yesterday? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sure. I mean, they, they've dealt with Rosenhaus for a long time. Yep. So so they, they know how he, he operates. I really think having Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean are a big factor in the Jalen Carter and Tracy. situation. Yeah. And and then um, I I thought the yeah I thought that question uh, I guess was rude I thought that was very unfair man like how could you make a judgment on a guy on a Zoom call I thought that was absolutely horrible Oh know? I told I, I it, it bugged me and yeah I talked to Trey Scott their mm-hmm. D line coach and get this the guys at Georgia are like this Hey is he a little bit uh, rambunctious? Is he a little bit of a wild card? Is he a little bit of a handful? Does he here? Let me, let me, let me give, let me tell you how, tell me if you would think this guy was bad. This is what Jerome Brown. And by the way, aunt Betty, I'm going to say exactly what Jerome would say, because remember something Philly, he yeah. was, he was recruited by Howard Schnellenberger, not Jimmy. Uh-huh. I'm a okay. Jimmy guy. Okay. So there was kind of a relationship thing that they had to build up. Mm-hmm. Jimmy would give this speech like this. He'd go, I want everybody to come in. I want them to play hurricane football. I want you to go, all that stuff. And he wouldn't get two seconds outside the door. And Jerome would go like this. Fuck that guy. I don't give a shit what that fucking guy says. Let's go out there and play for each other inside this locker room. I don't give a shit what that coaching staff thinks. Mm -hmm. And so like this, if you heard that, yeah. Jimmy knew how to manage that. Right. But if you heard that as an outsider, you would think this guy was being disrespectful. Right. Being a malcontent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. But, you know, that was, that was Jerome. I mean, for all those things, he was, look how, look how, look how he played on the field. Tremendous. So let me throw this at you here. Is it, is it a statement and is it a poor statement? that many places have Jalen Carter now starting next to Fletcher Cox. They've already put him in there, and Jordan mm. Davis is the swing tackle. The poor statement on, on Jordan Davis, you mean? Yeah. Or, uh, I, I guess. If, if, that's how, if that's how it pans out, we, we don't know. I mean, people are just assuming. Agreed. You know, I, so I, I watch all these projections that this guy is going to come and start all the time, and then they get to training camp, they get to preseason, they get to regular season, and it's not the case. So I have to wait and see to, to worry about it. But, I, I mean, I think as far as Jordan Davis goes, I think, I think he's got to get better conditioned. I, I think a lot of the issues with him last year was because he came in such – uh, you know, so out of shape, and it took him a while to to even kind of get his feet under him, and then he got hurt. So I think I think Jordan Davis. I mean, look, you you don't have that kind of athletic ability, that talent. You can't tell me this guy cannot be developed into a really good player. Um, but he's going to have to put the work in. He's got to come in in shape. What'd you make of the thirtieth pick with with Nolan Smith? I, I thought it was an absolute steal. I mean, I, I thought it was an absolute steal. I think he uh, went in the right people, place, too. 
See, I I had him around fifteen to twenty. I thought oh, 10 that, was that's too okay. Early. That sounds right. Yeah, I thought I thought ten was too early for him. But when he fell back to thirty, I you know, and the amount of wide receivers and offensive players that kind of were already off the board, I thought you had to go defense there. And I thought I thought it was the right pick. I mean, the guy's tremendously talented. Where do you go in the next two days of the draft? Uh, you know, I, I think the Eagles have to to spend some 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 picks on some offense. I mean, if you look at it, the Eagles, and we've talked about this before, free agency, all the resources have been defense. First two picks of the draft, it's all been defense. I still think you need another offensive lineman. I still think you need a running back. I was really upset. I was maybe more upset that Jamar Gibbs went at 12 because it was like I was hoping he was going to fall later to us. Um, so, you know, I still think you need a running back. And maybe you want to make a trade for one or, or, or something. But I still think they need a running back. I still think they need another offensive lineman and maybe a slot receiver. So I I think they should spend some of these picks on some offense. Isn't it shocking that two running backs went ahead of any wide receivers in this draft? Yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. remember where I've seen two backs taken yeah. Before the first offensive wide receiver and perimeter guy was taken. Yeah. That's what made this draft a, a really hard draft because once it started with all the tra- a lot of trades too that were in this thing here. Yeah. But the wide there, there was a run of wide receivers as we got towards um like 20. Yeah. I think there GSM. were four taken in a row, but I mean in a row, yeah. I mean, so you think they need another running back. I think they need another run back. I don't know how anybody can – and I know people tell me, oh, no, we're good. I don't know how you can look at Rashad Penny and say, yeah, we're good with a running back. We're going to be fine all year. The guy's never played a whole season in five years. So, so to me, I don't know how you can trust that. I think you need another run back. Have you changed your opinion on Howie? Or yeah. are you, in, oh, are, are you one of these guys – that because I'm I'm that way too because you know you got to go by what he's doing. I mean, one day he's doing this, one day he's doing that. But it just seems to me he when I first started talking about him, Philly, he had a really negative connotation about him and a negative mm-hmm. aura about him. Now this guy's shit doesn't stink in Philly, man. People look yeah. at him as the best executive in the city now yeah. and maybe in the history of the organization. I, I mean, I think I think he's earned it. You know, I I have not been a Howie fan. I actually I'm going to have to do an apology video next week. I said if he had three good drafts in a row, I would do it. So I I used to kill him. And when he when his first stint before Chip Dip Kelly came in and sent him to the broom room, I I really didn't like him. Um, and and you know it was I think it was warranted because there were a lot of. Uh, football people around the league that didn't want to work with him. We heard that all the time. They couldn't get GMs or somebody to come in. Nobody wanted to work with him. He changed. He changed a lot from that point. And um, I think he deserves a lot of credit. It's not easy to, you know, to, to kind of humble yourself like that it is. And, and do what he did. And, and I, you got to give him credit. No, no doubt about it. I told everyone <clears throat> when people were talking about Joey Porter Jr., he's not a first rounder. He's too okay. slow. Mm-hmm. And this is why he's not been drafted. However, he's a value pick now because to yeah. me, he's a guy that you could have took at 20, 20, between 20 and 31. You could have took him there. Eagles look yeah. at him maybe in the second round and do this. Check yeah. it out too, Philly. Don't play him a corner. Right. Play him in the slot. 
That, that, I, well, Put him I in the slot him. corner because you don't I, have to be overly quick. And guess what? You could do it. CJ had a lot of shitty plays last year yeah. that yeah. were covered by those corners. Yeah. And you put him in that slot or yeah. you line him up in safety. I mean, that's where I want him. you. I you can do things with him there, in my opinion. I think with his size, I think he could be a really good safety in this league. I agree. And and Brian Branch is still on the board now. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind making a play for him. I said go offense. But if, if you could get me a Brian Branch, I would be OK with that. Um in, in the second round, because I think he could come in and he possibly could start right away for you. So, so that, you know, I think, I think definitely a safety or defensive back is something they could, they could definitely use, but what do you got? You got to, you got to get another offensive lineman. I think, I still think I you need a running back, man. And, and, and I think there's guys, um, there's still dudes in the room here. I think that'll, that does uh, Osiris Torrance. Osiris, Florida, yeah. He's yeah. still on the board there too. What do you make yeah. of this now with the trend that's going on with the way how he's handled the draft? Jalen Hurts, Bama, Devontae Smith, Bama, Landon Dickerson, Bama, Georgie, you got Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean. Do, do you read anything into that and what they're doing here by staying in those programs? Yeah, they're 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 betting they're hedging their bets that those are going to be the better players i say it's beautiful the eagles used to they used to try to go like pack 10 or whatever and they used to go all over the place and they, they would have bad drafts stick in the sec i think you're okay alabama offense georgia defense i like it i think stay it's simple keep it simple how about two also here um two last questions here for you how, how about don't you think that this is being also built if you're on the outside and you're a potential free agent and you're watching what's going on in Philadelphia right now, players and free agents wanting to come and play, right. they're winning. They're watching the GM. And at the end of the day, too, guess what, Philly? What he says is true. You may not make a ton of money on this first contract. It's a one-time contract, okay? But you're either going to make it here or you're going to make it somewhere else, and we're going to give you the opportunity. Yeah. I don't know about you, man, but to me, when you start compiling great talent, winning, the quarterbacks under contract, all of that, <clears throat> I think the environment in the building, it's best it's ever been. Uh, I agree. I, I agree. I think it's really good right now, and I'm hoping that that all that – works up with one of these running backs, maybe <laughs> Derek Henry or somebody like that. We could snag. Now, wouldn't that, imagine? would that just make the draft? That would be it. That'd be wait a minute. I'd wait a minute. Smoke so, a cigar. so you're saying this, go get Derek Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I mean, you, you just killed. The you know, you wouldn't need there. a guard then. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. I mean, to, to me, you know, I, I, like I said, why not do something like that at this point? I, I think it would be great. I'm even, you know, I'm even open to like DeAndre Swift if Detroit's willing to trade him. Although I do worry about his injury history too. But I, I think they need another running back, uh, Big Sills. I do. Fletch and Slay, Mississippi State guys. Hey, man. All I, hey, all I'm saying to you, man, is that this has been. Now, listen, are you disappointed? With not Bijan being on the team, or are you okay because they did take the best player in the draft? I, I you know, as we talked about before, I had only two guys that I would have taken over Bijan Robinson. 
Anderson and Jalen Carter. So right. to me, if they both Bajan and Jalen were on the board, I would have taken Jalen Carter. Now I truly believe this though. Let's say Atlanta would have taken Jalen Carter. I believe the Eagles would have took Bajan Robinson. I believe he was oh, going completely. To be I agree with you. So so you know, um, I'm okay with it because we got Jalen Carter. Um, if if Seattle would have took Jalen Carter and Bajan would have went to Atlanta, I would have been pissed off. I would have been very pissed off today. But it worked out. Last one here for you. Anything in the draft surprise you? Was was there anything that surprised you last night, non-Eagle? The, the Jamar Gibbs pick. That, me too. That really, like, that really shocked me a lot. It floored me. Yeah. I mean, it's what, 12? I mean, yeah. you know, floored so me. much talk about don't take a running back in the first round, two going to top 12. So much for that idea, you know. Uh, that that floored. And then, and then Will Levis really fell. How about really the Christian fell. Gonzalez? I mean, yeah, a fellow in New too. England. I thought fell, he yeah. was a top 10 kid. Yeah, I did too. And, and and all the talk about the Colts love Levis, that turned out to be a bunch of crap. So, um, yeah, those, those were the two things that really surprised me. I thought Houston, I mean, I thought that was kind of gutsy to trade back up to get Will Anderson Jr. as well. So that and was, you, that gave was up, you gave up future ones for an edge rusher, not a quarterback. That's, that's a lot, yeah. I mean, very seldom do you see people giving up ones for edge rushers and not them being quarterbacks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was it was was interesting. It's going to be an interesting night tonight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't. This is where you're going to create the depth on the football team or these next two days. And this is where they're going to get some quality guys. And they do a really good job in the latter rounds. Make sure you check out Philly 500's podcast. It's one of the absolute best sports, one of the best ones in the entire area of Philadelphia. You do such a kick-ass job, my brother. You always find time for big sales. Hey, by the way, remember, man. I love it. I love it. This kid's this dude here, bro. I swear. I I miss that guy, man. I'm glad. Well, 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 guess what? Maybe business can be finished now with Jalen Carter here. And this guy can so. put in a Hall of Fame career now here. Philly, thank you, brother. So. Thank you, my man. Take care. You got it. Bye. Please hit the like button. That's my friend, Philly 500. We will continue on the draft. Also, wait till you hear what people are saying about Jalen Carter. This is a good thing. This is a good thing, okay? Um, Some people on day two to take a look at. We're going to look at that. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
Imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you guys hanging in there like you have all day. Thank you very much. By the way, these next two days, huge days. Finding your, this is the days that you found Jason Kelsey and Jordan Mulata. These are the days you found Josh Sweat. This is where you found those players. Landon Dickerson. Jalen Hurts. This is these next two days. You can also find a superstar player. By the way, here are some of the odds. Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard. Very good, guys. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Excellent, excellent. You guys have been spectacular today. Every single one of you have been spectacular in understanding the draft process and understanding some of the pitfalls. Listen what we want to do here with Jalen Carter. We're rooting for him. We're not setting landmines for him. We're rooting for him. We're rooting for that player. I want to see that kid fulfill his destiny. Something my friend couldn't do. His destiny, like Sean Taylor, was cut short. Both my friends. This kid has a shot at a great destiny. Don't blow it. Jalen Carter has so many great fail-safes around him right now. 
his agent, the Eagle organization, the building, the players, the culture, the city. He's either going to be Ben Simmons or he's going to go on to fulfill that destiny. Okay? Ben Simmons had insane. Ben Simmons was the number one player taken. This guy had insane talent. Never fulfilled it. Never fulfilled it. We saw glimpses of it. Right? We saw glimpses of it, how good it could be. But he never had the dedication or the desire to want to fulfill that destiny. Love you, Seals. You got a good heart. And you get it. Rooting for him. I'm sorry if I came out of the gate and I'm ripping people in the media. This is one of the reasons that I hate my business. Starting the kids' timeout in Philly on a shitty note like that. I'm so happy that the Eagles jumped that guy's shit. Rightfully so, should have asked the question. Really? That was the time? I thought it was completely inappropriate. Everyone's happy. No one's playing a game on Sunday. It's a great moment for all. You're welcoming him in a kid that has some dents in the fender. First thing you want to do is put another dent. And you're waiting to see his reaction to see why. Because, again, what was the comment? I didn't like your reaction. So get this. He didn't like the kid's reaction to the death of somebody that was in the Georgia Bulldog program. Was he hoping that he didn't like the response that he asked him the question so he could write a shit story about him? You know what that's called? That's a setup. That guy set that kid up. He was setting him up. But you'll have all the media guys protecting that guy, backing that guy, calling Jalen Carter an asshole. It was totally... A setup. Okay? It was a setup. I'm glad the Eagles jumped them. Man. How could you set the kid up on his first day? Well, because you wanted to make a story about you? Well, I didn't really like the way the guy answered. That guy's never going to like any answers that Jalen Carter gives him from now on. You understand that. There's always going to be people in a market like that that will always kick the dust up on the littlest things that have no bearing on anything. And what they'll do is they'll try to jade the story because most people in that market that I can see, just some of the experiences I have, all have ulterior motives. It's about them. It's not about covering the sport. They use the sport for them. Instead of just covering it, giving the kid an opportunity to succeed or fail, let him do it, not you. Don't help. Ben Simmons failed because he failed. They didn't need your help. I don't want to go on a rant here with it, but I mean, Jesus, man. That's the greatest example of media people setting guys up. And you know what? The question probably when they get to training camp is probably a valid one. 
when the kid's drafted, the night he's drafted, he's in a suit and tie. That's the time. That's why you don't ever, that's why I'm, hey, Jalen, I know people at the Novacare Center are watching. Do not trust the media. They're not your friends. They're not your friends. Some can be. Some go out of their way and are good dudes. Some, not many, some. 90% of them, though, don't trust them because they'll end up talking shit on you. Because you know why? They parade behind the shield of journalism. And they're not journalists. Once you have an opinion, once you have an opinion about that player and you go vocal with it or print, it's tabloid. You're not a journalist. Journalism is giving you the straight facts of what's happening right now here without your opinion. Sills, you piss me off, but you're real. Keep it going. Ruben Franks. Hey, who? <laughs> Sorry. Who? <laughs> All right. Here are your odds. For rookie of the years, this is the people at the sports books offense. B. John Robinson, three to one, is going to be the NFL rookie of the year. Oh, I, I, I don't think the Eagles should draft the NFL rookie of the year offensively. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Second is Bryce Young. Third is Anthony Richardson. C.J. Stroud is tied at 15 to 2. Jackson Smith, no, Jabba at 9 to 1. B.J., Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, and Jackson Smith, Najaba. Those are your candidates. How about your defensive guys? You ready? 3 to 1. Will Anderson. 4 to 1. Jalen Carter. Remember what I told you about the sandbox guys? Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, BJ Robinson, and Bryce Young. All four of those dudes are four of the five guys I had in my sandbox. Paris Johnson being the other guy. And they're the leading candidates to be the rookies of the year, offensively and defensively. Those are the guys I wanted the Eagles to pick from. And they're the favorites in Atlantic City and Vegas to win the Rookies of the Year award offensively and defensively. Jalen Carter, man, I cannot wait to watch that kid play. I cannot wait to watch. Look at that freaking all-star room. Fletcher Cox, borderline Canton. Jordan Davis, 13th pick. I think he's got two rings, too. Jalen Carter, Milton Williams is a good ball player, and Tracy Rocker, one of the most acclaimed and one of the most heralded defensive football players in college football history. He's one of the most decorated. And he's coaching and recruited him at Georgia. Hey, man, dude, I'd like to be in that room. I'd like to sit in that room and listen to these guys. That's a pretty good room. That's a good... Hey, let me think. Let me show you this. 
You tell me. Linville Joseph, Dominican Sue, older, not younger, older. Hardgrave, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams. And now I have Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams. Probably some more to come. Pretty good room, man. Dude, I think you got to know. I, I, I think your three-man rotation is better now. Hardgrave, Cox, and Davis. Davis, Jalen Carter, and Milton. I think it's a better rotation. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have a better rotation this year, and it's cheaper. So you upgraded the defensive tackle position because Javon Hardgrave is not the greatest run stopper. This guy's a run stopper. You understand that. Where he's better than Javon, he's a great young-looking pass rusher as a three technique, but he also plays the run, and he's better at it than Javon. Watch him on tape, how he handles the middle of that defense. His feet are better than Jordan. I think he slides around in that. I think he slides around on the three-and-one technique a lot better than Jordan does. I think he moves better. I think he moves better inside. Okay, I do. I think he moves better in there. Tyree Wilson, 7-1. to one. Christian Gonzalez. Chris, I think the uh, Patriots got a pretty good player, too. Tavern goes, Frank was a reporter that asked and made that stupid question. It's okay. The Eagles, by the way, I wasn't the only one pissed at it. The Eagles were pissed. They kicked his ass. They, Because you know why? When you question Jalen Carter's character right now and you don't know the story behind anything about the young man, you're questioning the Eagles' character. Because do you understand what the Eagles have done? They've written a check here. They've put their name as a recommendation on Jalen Carter's reputation. They're standing up for him. I would have to think with all... This is why most people hate what Cleveland did. Cleveland has no culture. They have They had a bribe a player to come and play there. The years it took to build that culture, the way you do things, the way you talk to players, the way you handle it. And what the Eagles did last night at pick nine, they basically went, and so when someone questions that, you do this, excuse me. You're questioning us because we're in this together. You see last night watching Nick and Howie protect Jalen Carter. That wasn't just about protecting the player. That was protecting all of them. They're in it together. I don't know, Jalen Carter. I'm feeling pretty good where I'm at. I hope he takes complete advantage of what he has. I didn't. Dear God, don't let it slip through your hands. It's the worst feeling on the planet. It's the worst feeling on the planet when you let that slip 
through your hands. Don't. Kid. City loves you. They want you. Team wants you. D-line coach wants you. Organization has faith in you. Your agent's backing you. There's no reason. And the fulfillment of your destiny is in your hands. Don't let it fail. It's so easy to fail. Mm. Man, if I do it here, I'll, I'll tell you guys a true story here real quick. There's not a day that doesn't go by. I look in the mirror and go, Sills, there are some analysts comparing Carter to Jerome Brown and a young Fletcher Cox. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. DJ Sills, you could be a prick, but you got. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, DJ. I think that's kind of the story of my life because after a while, some of you guys get a little hot and heated. If you notice, Tone hides under a carpet somewhere for a couple of days and then he comes out like he's Aaron Rodgers and there's a smoke signal and I know he's okay. He goes he goes down into the hole too down there. He goes, okay, I'm out for a couple of days, Sills. It's all good, dude. <laughs> he goes into that hole too. <laughs> hey, hey, this guy's out. Uh, Come on now, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Hey, listen, guys. We're going to finish this. I want to hit on the draft. Day two prospects. Okay? Resetting of what the first hour was a little bit. You guys have been fabulous. I think this is going to be another. Dude, why wouldn't it be another great two days for Howie Roseman? Why wouldn't it be, right? So, Dude, I got a ton of shit to hit on still. Please hit the like button. The power hour is coming up. Hour number three. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a good day. Have a good day. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National Football Show, Power Hour number three here. We appreciate everyone coming aboard. And yes, the Philadelphia Eagles had a impactful day. And I tell you this all the time. Like, here, here, watch this. Did the Detroit Lions have an impactful day? The running back and the linebacker. You had a need filled day. This is what we do here. Did the Houston Texans, almost said Oilers, did the Houston Texans have an impactful day? CJ Stroud, Will Anderson. You could debate Stroud being one of your sandbox guys. Yes. Did Seattle Witherspoon? Jackson Smith Najaba? I don't know. Did the Eagles? Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter. Absolutely. Needful and impactful. Because you've got one of the impact guys. Nolan Smith is not one of the impact guys. He's what I would call the edge rushing version of Anthony Richardson. He's a project. I think he's a project. He hasn't played a lot. I mean, here's Nolan Smith in the last two years. He's played 20 games, played eight last year. The year before that, he played seven. 
So he's missed 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He's missed 6, 8, and another 8. He's missed some ball. Okay? Baltimore had to get a weapon for Lamar. We said that. We either thought it was going to be D-hop or they were going to draft a wide out. It's exactly what they did. It's exactly what they did. Let me get to the let me let me let me go back here and then we're gonna get back into this draft here. And by the way, second day people too. Um, I want to say it one more time. It was a crazy night, and it was my probably one of the most interesting nights I've ever seen in NFL draft history. Um, the trades that were going on, the amount of movement. Always remember this when there's not a lot of talent. People are looking for the wild players. That's why there was a lot of movement in this draft. And what they did was there were certain people who overdrafted. Here's who overdrafted. How many people truly believe Anthony Richardson is going to be a superstar quarterback? I do not. He, he may go on to be Lamar Jackson and God power to him if he is. I don't see it. I didn't see it at Florida, at least with Lamar Jackson. We saw it at Louisville. I never saw it at Florida. I never saw that at Florida. So you put kind of like a doorstop with those wild players, Paris Johnson, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, Bijan, Trey Wilson. Those are your sandbox. Those were my sandbox guys. Again, there's only 13 guys in this draft that were worth the shit. The rest of them are going to be good players. And after that, they're going to be okay down to 53. There's not really a the draft is next year where the Eagles have a ton of picks. Okay. I mean, so when you look at some of these guys, like the Raiders got a good player, Trey Wilson, Atlanta. I think Atlanta had to get Bijan. You know why? Desmond Ritter, we'll see, right? We'll see. We'll see. So why not get me an impact ball player? So they went out and got an impact ball player. Now, again, you're going to have to improve the old line to make that pick work. That's why that pick worked in Philly. I don't care what people said. The Bijan pick worked in Philly. Why? Because you had all the components around him that were ready to rock. But what happened? Atlanta jumped the gun on the Eagles. I'm not saying that the Eagles would have taken him, but it would have been a hard choice between Jalen Carter and him. Don't kid yourself. Because one what impacts the quarterback. Carter may be the better player, but Bijan, he affects Jalen. He affects Jalen. That's why you always... Look at what the Bears, the Bears were never going to draft Jalen Carter. They traded out of the pick. If they wanted Carter bad enough, they would have stayed. They knew the Eagles wanted him. And they really didn't give up much to move. They were never taking Jalen Carter, ever. They were taking an old lineman for what? Support the Justin Fields. That's how it pan. Someone, do you really believe the Chicago Bears were going to take Jalen Carter when they had the chance to take him and then they moved out 
and they gave and they gave um, the Eagles a bag of Skittles for it. They were never taking them. And uh, you, you see, what's happening is people are telling you because B. John Robinson wasn't taken by the Eagles, they had no intention of taking him. That's a lie. That's an absolute lie. He, Howie was going to get one of the five members of the sandbox. And when it came down to the left, there was only one left. Tyree Wilson was gone. Paris Johnson was gone. Look, I think the Sternoski kid's good. He's not better than Paris Johnson. You watch Paris Johnson on film, you come away going, he's better. Anderson's better. Carter's better. Again, the draft came down to Carter and Robinson. It came down between those two, and you could probably put Will Anderson in there. Those three dudes were the dudes. And then the quarterback need put Bryce Young at the top of the draft. Okay? Bijan was sad. I don't know. Rich McKay's got some good folks down there. Atlanta's trying to build a winner. Atlanta's a good organization to work for and play for. Arthur Blank is a good guy down there. They're trying to win for that crowd. They love that fan base down there. It may not be a good football team right now, but to me, in my opinion, I I, I think they're gonna they're gonna they gotta get the quarterback right. They gotta get the quarterback right in Atlanta. Okay? That's a great fan base. And I think he's gonna enjoy playing there. They 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 love their players, and I think it's a great move by the Atlanta Falcons on bringing him in. Now look, when you build a running game, and then you go out and get say they get Caleb Williams next year. What if Atlanta moves up and gets Caleb Williams in, and you got Bijan Robinson? I don't know. I think you're on your way then. Be patient, right? Be patient here a little bit. Vic, Vic was awesome in that place down in Atlanta, and they loved him. By drafting Pitts, London, and Robinson, the Falcons are removing every excuse for Desmond Ritter. Right, and if he sucks, what's going to happen? They're going to move up, and Rich will go get the kid from UNC, or he'll move up and get the kid from USC. So, I mean, I, I, I think Atlanta's doing it right. I mean, look, I mean, Joe says he likes Ritter. There's the, I've watched him. He's not horrible. He's not horrible. He's not. All right, let me, let me finish the draft, and I'm going to get to the day two, guys. By the way, I told you Joey Porter Jr. was not a first-round draft choice. I told you that. He was graded down in the late 20s. And it fell that way. I'm not now. Get this: if you go and get him, you're 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 underdrafting him because he is a 20s. Like 20 to 31, 20 to 31. You could be in that room with him. Okay, you could be in there with him. So if you get him in the second round. That's a, again, that's underdrafting. That's this is the Eagles had a day of underdrafting with quality picks. 
and needs and needs. So we said Bryce Young, Carolina was a good pick for Frank Stroud. I loved his emotion he had with Houston. Houston gambled. Nick Casario went all in. I doubt now that rumor is true that he was leaving to go back to New England. Will Anderson's there. Anthony Richardson, I'm not a fan of this pick because I'm not a fan of the player, but I get it, and it's not fair on April 28th. We got to see him play first, so okay. You know, that's kind of – I have a negative – I have a negative opinion of him now, which is probably unfair. Devon Witherspoon, my favorite player in the draft. Not the best player in the draft, but my favorite player. I've been saying that since day one. Um, Pete goes corner, trying to build a legion of boom up again. Paris Johnson, the best offensive lineman in the draft. Arizona, what are they doing? What are they doing? Well, they're protecting their investment of 46.1 million bucks. Always start with how much the quarterback makes. If the quarterback makes shit, they're not going to protect the quarterback. Ask Brock Purdy. I'll give a shit if Brock Purdy's hurt. Aaron Rodgers is making $60 million. You're going to give a shit about that. Why? Because it affects your team and your cap. You think they had every intention of making sure that Patrick Mahomes, let me guess, what did they got an edge rusher, a local kid too, because they got to improve that defense. <clears throat> and how are they improving it? With cheap young talent. Smart. Because their money's on the offensive side. Trey Wilson, Vegas, think the Raiders got a good pick. My only problem with him at times He doesn't protect his knees, doesn't play low enough. He's got to work on that skill set a little bit. Robinson to Atlanta, great pick. Carter to the Eagles, absolutely fabulous pick. And look what the Chicago Bears did. They got their old lineman anyway. They got their old lineman anyway. And they got him at, they got him at 10. They traded out of the top couple picks there. And look at what Chicago at least is trying to do. At least they're trying to accumulate all these picks. <clears throat> Jalen has had an impact on the Colts draft. Yes. And he also had an impact on the contract of Lamar Jackson, for sure. Skarnowski goes to Tennessee. Personally, can I tell you, when I see Peter Skarnowski play, He's an effort guy. He's a right guard. Like, will he be better than Isaac Sayamalo? Will he be better than Andre Dillard? Remember, Andre Dillard couldn't start in Philly. That's not a horrible thing. You couldn't. Who, who, who are you going to beat out? Landon Dickerson? Isaac Sayamalo? Lane, Lane Johnson? Jordan Milano? Who are you beating out? Who, who's Andre Dillard beating out of any of those guys? He ain't beating any of those guys out. So they got their, they got their guy. Skarnowski, he goes to Tennessee. Here's the shocker, boy. Who would have thought this? Two running backs go before any wide receiver goes in the draft. I don't know if I've seen a draft in the last 15, 20 years where I saw two backs go before wide receivers go. 
Okay. I I mean, I, I don't know when I've seen that last. <clears throat> Green Bay got that Lucas Van Ness. We said it yesterday. Probably keep him up in that neck of the woods. He's from Iowa. And, you know, okay. I, I'm not a fan of this guy. This guy can't play the run. I watched it. I looked for it. He's suspect. And in, and in a division that runs the ball, the NFC North with Dalvin Cook as of today, Aaron Jones, and the Chicago Bear running attack, you got to stop the run, son. I don't know. Dick Van Dyke, he's now a Green Bay Packer. I like Broderick Jones. Total Pittsburgh move here. And again, another Georgia Bulldog goes off the list here. Um, really good football player. Again, these guys are all like in the all same box outside of um, Paris Johnson. I think the rest of them you could all put in a kitty litter and they're all the same dude. Um, Maurice goes, Van Ness will get to the quarterback. What quarterback in the NFC are you fearing that you need an elite pass rush? Who, Brock Purdy? Who, Dak? Kirk Cousins? Jared Goff? So you you put that equity in a player that you really don't need. Remember, recruit your division. You got to stop the run first. Green Bay's got to stop the run. Before you worry about the pass pass protect, before you worry about pass rushing, you got to worry about stopping the run. I'd rather take a player that is good against the run and good against the pass than a guy who is an except. The only reason Hassan Reddick works in Philadelphia, he don't have to play the run. He don't have to cover anybody because he's got quality people around him. And when you got quality people around you, 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 you get to do your best skill set thing. And the Eagles put Hassan Reddick, and they're the only team and organization that's put Hassan Reddick in a position of success. And that includes Arizona and Carolina. I didn't get that running back move. I think Gibbs is a good football player, but the 12th pick, I think that's a reach. Will McDonald, Iowa State, outside linebacker, stand-up, 34-43 kind of guy. I think that's a reach. Emmanuel Forts, Mississippi State, corner, 16, Washington. Nice piece. Another nice piece. I'll tell you what's pretty troubling in Washington. So you didn't pick the fifth-year option up on Chase Young. Boy, you watch that guy have an absolutely spectacular football season this year, and that's going to cost the Washington Commanders a king's ransom to keep his ass. If he can keep his ass in Washington – he, in my opinion, I think he's got more talent than Michael Parsons. He's just got to stay on the field. I get it. I think he's, I don't think Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons to me, when I look at Michael Parsons and I look at Chase Young, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't see that glaring difference there where I see Michael Parsons head and heels above him. I just don't. The Christian Gonzalez pick by New England is a great pick. Look at that. Look at New England under drafting here. 
They got a guy who's a top 10 player graded out as a top 10 guy. They got him at 17. That's a fabulous pick for New England. And in a position that has been always really talented and rich in corners has been New England. Bill Belichick can't draft wide receivers to save his life. He can find wide receivers once he's got an elite quarterback like Brady in there or quarterbacks who know how to make some of those guys good slot receivers. But Belichick has always been sensational at finding great corners. Okay? He's, that, that's really a great pick. This Jack Campbell pick by Detroit, Iowa, linebacker 18, that's totally a Chris Spielman pick. And I would say this to you, really? Jack Campbell? That's so overdrafted. My opinion, he's a second rounder. Detroit? I mean, Brad Hughes took this guy? Or Holmes, excuse me, took this guy? Because Chris Spielman, like, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I think he, I think he's a second rounder. I don't think he's a first round linebacker. I mean, middle of the second, maybe even. 18th pick? Shit. Yeah, no, Greasy, he's good. 18th pick? I don't think so. Kalaja Kansi, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, DT. See, they like those undersized D tackles there, like Booger McFarlane, Warren Sapp. And they like to put those guys in three techniques. And he's good. He's a good player. He really is a good ball player. He's just undersized. Now, see, what they're doing is they're trying to duplicate Aaron Donald because he has the same size as Donald. Well, he doesn't have the same physique. He's not a 500-pound bencher like Aaron Donald is. Aaron Donald is a workout machine. He's fast as hell. You know, here, I'll tell you what I think Aaron Donald, if you really want to put Aaron Donald into kind of a nutshell here, Aaron Donald is an interior Dwight Freeney. Fast, great hands, gets on the perimeter, and I mean three technique, and just moves guards' feet. He's great in traffic. He's got two moves. He can come back underneath. He's got, he, he, he's, he's a dominant guy. He's got a plethora of pass rushing moves. He really knows how to handle himself inside for being an undersized guy. Watch him when they go to ground level. He's six feet. Remember that Aaron Donald is six feet tall, but he benches 550. And I mean, he may bench more than that because I've seen him do a couple reps of 500 pounds. He's yeah. He's all leverage. That's right. Jam. He's he's king at leverage. King at leverage. Jackson Smith, Najabi, Seattle, Ohio state, putting on the other side of DK Metcalf. It's a good pick. It's a, it's a need pick. The 21st pick would have been the Dolphins, but they lost it because of their shenanigans with Brady. Here's the Lamar Jackson pick. Quentin Johnston, Chargers, TCU. Oh, excuse me. Hang on here. Quentin Johnson goes to the Chargers because they're probably going to lose Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. They're going to lose one of those dudes, so that's why they went down this route. Zay Flowers is the dude from Boston College. He went to Baltimore. So now you've got Odell Beckham. You know what? You could 
they could still do something with DeAndre Hopkins because he wants to restructure his contract. I mean, you put Zay Flowers, DeAndre Hopkins, and Odell Beckham, pretty good-looking offense with the tight end. So they went out, and this was a Lamar Jackson. They probably promised him, too, hey, we're going into the draft, and we're going to get you another piece. Jordan Addison. Can I tell you about Jordan Addison? The kid left Pitt, and he went to Southern Cal. Are you overly impressed with him? Not me. You know, after you get away from the Najaba pick at wide receiver, I think this Jordan Addison guy is like the guy from Arkansas last year. You know, what was that guy's name from Arkansas last year? I think he's okay. I don't, you know. I mean, I think he's, I think he reminds me of that guy. You know? Yeah, Traylon Burks. He kind of reminds me of that guy. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Addison's better than Flowers too. I don't. <laughs> I do not think that. I, I I actually don't think Jordan Addison. I think he's okay. I mean, I saw Utah stuff him. Deontay Banks, pretty good ball player. I think the Giants. That's a nice piece. Maryland DB. I think that's a nice piece back there. Dalton Kincaid, tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Like to see him get a, you know, I I would think they were probably looking at the Alabama running back here. They were probably thinking that the Alabama running back would be there. And that's why they went with tight end. And they got the second best tight end in the draft, in my opinion. Or is he the first tight end to go off the board? He's the first tight end to go off the board. So they went and got the first tight end off the board. That's what I think they did. Did they reach? They could, Ray could be a little. I think he's a little of a reach. I do. Mozzie Smith, I thought he was a second, third rounder. Okay? I thought he was a second or third rounder. I think he's a powerful guy. I think he's good in the interior. To me, this is an eagle move. They drafted this guy to stop the run against Philly. Everything the Dallas Cowboys does and do right now, in my opinion, in my opinion, has to all be what Philly's doing. Philly builds the O line, you better build the D line. You better build your O line up. You better build your running game up. You better build your passing game. You got to do everything to stay in line with Philly because they're outrunning you right now. Actually, if you think about it. Howie Roseman right now is totally running circles um, around Jerry Jones right now. He's running circles around him. John Lynch is hanging in there. They got a good roster. Um, Who else? I think Joe Douglas is doing a nice job. Um, I think they're doing a pretty good job. But Dallas Cowboys, man, they're falling behind. Like When I look at the Dallas Cowboys, I'd say this. Even though, <clears throat> even though Dallas, I think, has had a really good offseason, they're still falling behind. Mozzie Smith is not an impact draft. You did not get an impact player. You got a filled need player. Okay, so now we're talking about best player available. Probably, all right, maybe. 
Does he fit in a sandbox? Because you went with Breezy, maybe. <clears throat> I think that kid's still on the board, too. That would be, in my opinion, Brian Breezy. That'd be something that the Eagles might want to look at, too. He wasn't taken, I don't think. No. He's still out there. Anton Harrison, Jags get an old lineman to protect what? Trevor Lawrence. See what they're doing to these quarterbacks? You got to build people around your number one asset. That's your passer. <clears throat> I'm so happy for this guy, right, Tone? I beat the hell out of this guy. Miles Murphy. Cincinnati, Clemson Edge, 29th player taken. Good for him. He's a, he's a good football player. Miles Murphy. Did he, did he go to the Saints? I didn't see that. He went to the Saints? Okay. Bengals. No, no, no. Miles, no, no. Where did Breezy go? Where did Breezy go? Breezy went to New Orleans? Okay, good. He's a good football player. Yeah, I missed that. Um, Nolan Smith, Eagles. And then the kid from K-State, I'm not going to pronounce his name, the edge rusher. No disrespect. I don't want to hack his name up. So they went edge rusher. All in all, I mean, good, guys. Here are the impact players. Watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight the impact players. Okay? And I'm going to show you how weak it is in the first round. Here's the impact players. It's it's it, it's not Anthony Richardson. It's Will Anderson. Will Anderson, Paris Johnson, Trey Wilson, Bijan Robinson, and Jalen Carter. And and look at the rest of this. There's Don and Pat guys in this draft except for five and 13 decent players, 13 really good players. Shouldn't say decent, 13 really good players. Okay. 13 really good ones. And the Eagles got an elite may have got the best player in the draft. Anyone in the NFC, anyone 14 games, and you were a quarter away from winning the Super Bowl. Jesus Christ. I could have been more wrong about the Eagles offseason and how they have reeled it in. Man, I'll tell you what. You're having a better offseason than you had regular season right now. And you went to the Super Bowl. Dude, you land some more of these players here. Joey Porter, <clears throat> second day guy. 
I'm not playing Joey Porter at corner. He can't. I've already talked to Manny Diaz about this. He's not an NFL corner. And that's why he went out of the first round. I told you guys this. He's not an NFL corner. He could be a slot corner. Could he take C.J. Gardner-Johnson's role? Yeah. I could see him in that role. But I told you, he's not a corner. He's not fast enough. Takes some false steps. Gets lost in coverage sometimes. He's a great hitter. Better coaching might help. Okay? But he got good coaching. Manny D is a heck of a coach. Penn State teaches really great people, great things. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to make excuses up for him falling out of the first round. I never thought he was a first-round talent. Okay? I never thought he was. I told you that. I go, I got Porter down in the low, low 20s, if that. I never thought he was. And he fell off the board. This Keon White kid, Georgia Tech, edge rusher. I don't think the Eagles will go back, but I don't think you can have enough edge rushers. I think the more edge rushers you have, the more commodities that you could potentially have to trade. And this Keon White kid at Tech is not bad. He was rated around 15th. So between 15 and 31, you got a guy in the second day that you could get maybe in the 60s. It's a good pick. It's a gamble. Brian Branch, Bama, safety. I told you the safety position and the how many safeties did go in the NFL draft? Remember what I told you about the safety position? What did I tell you? Not one safety went in the first round. I told you the position sucks. Okay? It's not a first-round talent. Brian Branch is not a first-round talent. That doesn't mean he's not an NFL player. Okay? That doesn't mean he's not. That doesn't mean. But I'm not drafting a over. Again, I'm not overdrafting a guy who doesn't grade out where I think he is legitimately a first-rounder. Just because people thought he was a first-rounder in this draft, this draft is not a superstar draft. That's why he fell out of the first. It's not because the player can't play in the league. Nobody's going to spend that money on a guy who's not a first-round talent. No matter if he's the best. He's the best safety on the board. But teams knew he's he's not a value pick. Anywhere you took him in the first round would be overdrafting. Okay? Anywhere you take him. Now that he's in the second round, now he starts to fall in line with his skill set and where you're evaluating him at. 65, 59, 62, like that. Sure. Plus, it's a need the Eagles have to fill. Could he play that position? I think he's a little bit heavy-footed, too. Okay? I do. I don't think he's really that quick. He's fast. But I don't think he's really that twitch guy. And I think you got to have that back there. And that's The Eagle corners are twitch dudes. They're really good twitchy guys. I, I think you got to have that component to play in the secondary. I like quick twitch dudes. Like you watch a, 
you watch a 100 meter sprint and you like them guys who get out of the box quick. That's kind of what Bradbury and Slay are, are that kind of guy. And I think you got to have, I don't think you can have slow footed dudes back there. Okay. The best safety is av- is available still. Yeah, but again, Trey, understand this. Where is that? Is that the 31st pick? He's not the 31st pick. I'm not spending that equity. I'd rather get an O-lineman because I need depth there. Okay? I'd, I'd, I'd rather get depth at that position. So, look, I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm just saying draft him accordingly. Okay. Seals, you think trading for White and Baker is off the board now? I don't think anything is off the board with Howie Roseman anymore. I'm starting to fall in line with you guys with this. Okay. I I just I I, I don't think anything's off the board. And to what Tone says, this guy just drops that putty on that spin wheel. And this guy just molds these clay pots and puts those salary cap together. And he molds that cap into anything he wants for particular players. And to me, it's all about the player. If it's Lane Johnson, he's giving shit up front. He's giving all that money up front. If it's someone else, maybe less. What team takes a chance on Antonio Brown? Um, Let's see. The mean machine. <laughs> Weapon. The mean machine. And he'll be coached by Warden Knauer. What do you think of Jalen Jones, cornerback from Tamu and Martin, safety from Illinois? I like him too. He's the second best safety in the um, in the draft. Okay, he's the second best safety in the draft. You're talking a kid from Illinois that played next to Witherspoon. They had a good secondary back there. They were and plus, remember something too. Dank, remember, what? what's the most important thing about those Illinois secondary guys? They were Lovey Smith guys. They were drafted, or they were recruited by Lovey. Lovey's got an eye for talent back there. He's a pretty good coach, and he understands talent. Um, Eagles will be back in the Super Bowl if everything pans out. Man. It's it's really a great offseason here. Hey, how about Michael Mayer? I hate Notre Dame guys. <laughs> that's the Miami in me, so I apologize, but I don't I don't really like Notre Dame guys. I don't think they're very good NFL players. I mean, Zach Martin and just a couple Notre Dame doesn't put NFL guys into the league. So I'm not a real fan of Notre Dame dudes. Okay. We know your hate ND. <laughs> no, but I mean, Notre Dame doesn't have a lot of um, NFL guys. He he is a top prospect. Could he be depth? Could he be depth? I like the guy Mallory from Miami in the fourth round somewhere in there, but you guys don't have a four. I think too high for him though, for the Eagles, because I think the Eagles have to go offensive line. For me, that 60-second pick, is that the pick? 62 for Eagles. Is that this is that the pick in the second round? 62? I think that's an old lineman. I think that's an old lineman. Hey, by the way, were you talking about Sidney Brown, the safety from Illinois? 
If that's Sidney Brown, I like him too. Um, getting Kincaid with the Bills, I think they were hoping for Gibbs. Okay. I think they were hoping I think they were hoping that Gibbs would be down there, so they went tight end instead. Okay, they went they went tight end there. All right, I gotta take a timeout. Um, a little bit on tonight's draft, what to look for, and how to move forward, and how to expand off that really great first day the Eagles had, and some of your favorite teams. Hit the like button, keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500, or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. looking at as the number one priority going into tonight's second round, third round, what, what, what would be the priority? 
I think O-line, D-line. Safety. O-line for sure. You need depth. You need depth in your O-line. Driscoll's okay. You lost Dillard. I think you get another I, – I, look, you got, you got Landon Dickerson in the second. There's quality guys in this draft. Okay? Remember, they're all in the same sandbox here. There's no difference. I'll, Paris Johnson was really the only guy that separated himself from everybody else that was in the draft when it came to O-linemen. All of the rest of them are in that boat. So whoever you take, if they had a high grade that they were in between the first three rounds, you're going to land on a good dude. So I would go O-line. Why? Well, it's a need for Jalen. One of the guys goes out. Look, Jack Driscoll, I, you know, I dubbed him the Swiss Army Knife, okay? Because that's what they've kind of molded him into. They've molded him into that. And by the way, there's a position for that. Guard, right tackle, left tackle, left guard. Dude, you can play 15 years like that if you're that versatile. By the way, that's a skill set. Not everybody could do that. Am I saying he's the best old lineman on that team? Obviously not. But he's a pretty versatile dude. And that makes him an important guy in that line. I think they need another guy like that. Okay? Yeah, but but Tone, Tone goes... He's decent, but he's limited. Yeah, well, welcome to the Eagle O-line. I mean, Tone's looking at Lane Johnson and Jordan Mulata and Landon Dickerson and Isaac Sayamalo for the last couple of years. That's the best line. It's a better line than the Dallas Cowboy line that Emmett ran behind. I mean, that's a pretty high standard there, Tone. And so, again, I mean, I, I, I get it. You're right. You're right about him. I think he is that, too. The second half of B. Brooks's career was being a Swiss Army knife. There was definitely a value. Right, Barrett played 12 tr- great years. Dude, you get past three years in that league, and then when you're up near 12, bro, that's a great career. I don't care what anybody wants to classify it. Uh, he's a 10-plus guy? Shit. He's 1% of 1%. You understand that? When, when, when you're somebody like Barrett, always this, when you listen to him and he's talking to you, always revere the fact he's 1% of 1%. Okay? Guys don't play 12 years. Not in that league. Tony Baselli didn't. Tony Baselli didn't play 12 years. Okay? Now, Tony Baselli is in the Hall of Fame now, but he didn't play 12 years. Tough as hell to do that, especially in that league. So he has a place in the Jeff Stoughton University as a proctor and a teacher. So he's got a job. What I think you need is, I think you need a guy that you're looking for, an heir apparent. I'll tell you this, the Landon Dickerson development from that second round pick covered Andre Dillard's failure. His... They were easily able to move off of Andre Dillard and get him out of town because Dickerson's development of all the players last year that developed and had the greatest improvement, it was Jalen Hurts and Landon Dickerson that had the greatest improvement of any players. I think Josh Sweat came on 
towards the back half of the season. I'm talking about guys they drafted. Um, Mulata got better because health got better. Lane's Lane. Kelsey's Kelsey. I actually think Miles Sanders got worse as the year went on. I don't know if you thought that way. Okay. Right? So, I mean, I thought Miles Sanders got worse. But Landon Dickerson, dude, second round pick. That guy plays like he's the that guy plays like he's the fifth pick in the draft. Here, you know what's great about your old line right now? Let me show you how great that is when it comes to drafting and evaluating. Jordan Mulata was a seventh pick, and I mean a seventh rounder. If he went in a draft today, he'd be the seventh pick, maybe the sixth or fifth pick. If Landon Dickerson went in a draft today, he'd be the fifth pick. If Jason Kelsey went in the draft, he'd be the fifth pick. If Lane Johnson went, he'd be the third pick in the draft. Every one of those guys, Lane, by the way, lived up to his draft place. And then some. But every single guy that's in that offensive line, except because you got to figure out the right guard position, every guy in that O-line was underdrafted. Every guy. Every guy except Lane. And Lane happened to have lived up to the position where he was taken. And like I said, think about what Lane did. Lane not only lived up to the position where he was taken in the draft, he put a Hall of Fame career behind it. That's the cherry on top of the cake there with that. You understand that that's that's the ultimate. Because remember, you're not looking to draft all pros. You're not looking to draft all pros. You're looking to draft starters. And if they just so happen to go out and turn into pro bowlers or all pro, that's cherry on top of the cake, guys. Okay? I think the Eagles have to – I think the Eagles should go heavy O-line. O-line safety, maybe third wide out later in the draft. I don't know. Free agent guys, too, are going to be out there. Big Sills, as an Eagle fan and Bulldog fan, I was almost in tears last night. I'm so happy I don't even care about Bijan anymore. Dirty, no, you got one of the five impact wild players. Look, like I said, if it's not Bijan, it's Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Paris Johnson, or Tyree Wilson. Those are the only players in this draft that had the wow factor that you would move around for. How he moved around for one of them. He moved for the last one because when Bijan left and went to Atlanta, he wanted the last guy. Why would he move with Chicago when Chicago had no intention of taking Jalen Carter? Really? So I love how people think, well, they wanted to get ahead of Chicago. Chicago didn't have to make the move. And Chicago made a move that was not impactful to them. Would they get a fourth rounder? Really? How is that like with conviction that they were going to, they were not going to take Jalen Carter. But when Bijan left, see, they wanted the decision to come down between one, those two guys. 
And, 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 and in theory, that's why I'm not upset today. Okay, you didn't get Bijan. Now, if you take Miles Murphy, there's that guy again. <laughs> if you take Miles Murphy, then I'm pissed. But if you take Jalen Carter, I'm like, well, you just took Jerome Brown. I'm like, okay. And by the way, I've been comparing Jalen Carter to Jerome Brown for three months. Okay, so, yeah. Now, these next couple days here, and the next, let's see, two to seven, seventh rounders. I, I See, listen, nowadays I can't say seventh and sixth rounders suck because you know why? Jordan Malad and Tom Brady were in them. <laughs> and, and them draft classes of the sixth rounder and the seventh rounder. So you just can't go like this. Hey, those are shit picks. They're not. Was it, was it Jason Kelsey a sixth rounder? Fourth rounder, something like that, right? So, you know, you, you just can't go, well, it's a shit pick. Don't worry about it. It's no biggie, you know? I think it's going to be a great Monday, and you know why it's going to be a great Monday? We're going to get an opportunity to evaluate the entire draft and look at needs and wild players for all your teams, and including, obviously, the Eagles. So um, it was a great night, and it's been a great offseason season. No question about it for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean it. They put themselves back in a position where they're going to be very difficult to beat. And they got some they got some impact guys, especially the guy at nine. And the guy at nine resembles the guy I knew that you took in 1987 at nine. Have a great weekend. God bless everyone. Xander, Big Joe, Tone, great job as always. Till Monday, three to six. Have a great weekend, all. And we'll see you on the flip side. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.